You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy, and in the future, reality will take another cue from comic books. Every year after 2016 will be post-crisis, and every year before will be pre-crisis. Because it's an election year. This is Melanie, and in the future, we will have self-healing concrete help minimize the damage from all those superhero fights. And this is Jesse. In the future, in an effort to get the hype started early, studios will officially replace post-credit scenes with the straight-up first trailer for the impending sequel. I mean, they're pretty much already doing that, but yeah. they'll just like, they won't even hide it. They'll just like, in a world. See, I think, I think everybody who's, who's been unhappy with Batman v Superman, I think they just got it wrong because that's not a movie. It's mm-hmm. just a hyper extended trailer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it looks like the most, whoa, bloated trailer of all time. <laughs> yeah. Like everything that was in the trailer was actually in the movie because it's actually the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Weird. Welcome to the Grolix Podcast, <laughs> episode thirty-one. Wow, we're we're the podcast is becoming an adult, getting responsibilities, it's catching up to us. I believe thirty-one is the booyah anniversary, isn't it? Booyah, maybe. Yeah, booyah. booyah. Yeah, booyah. <laughs> today, 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 <laughs> we're gonna talk about a whole bunch of nonsense, like usual. But we're also gonna discuss Crisis on Infinite Earths, um, probably some TV. And we'll oh we'll get our letters page kicked off finally. Oh, hey. I'm excited about that in-house stuff as we have been doing lately. Uh, we got we got any exciting stuff going on? We got all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Um, you guys did a Grolix Bites live. Yep. Yeah. He, this, I did not. Randy did. Yeah, this last month. Oh yes. Grolix Bites number six was a live episode that I uh. I was joined by Brandon Lapani of the Technology Geek, and we streamed it straight to Facebook, our Facebook page. Boom. Grolix went live. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you look confused, Melanie. You so you did two live shows then, huh? Oh, yes. You, yeah, guys sort also, of. you guys also did the, well, not necessarily, it wasn't Grolix, but mm-hmm. um, a collected uh, group of um, media collective a ragtag A ragtag <laughs> team of podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> like the Expendables. Yeah. Only with microphones. More talky and less explosions. Yeah, <laughs> a lot less explosions. Unfortunately, really. that would have been kind of neat. Um, yeah, but that one was that one was like live to us, but that one didn't stream. So we did it live. We recorded it live. Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, did yeah. it get edited? It didn't get edits, did it? No, no. We, so yeah, we streamed that one raw. Okay, so, yeah. So the, the what that is uh, the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network, as you know. I run it. We're on it. That's why it comes up quite a bit. But uh, yeah. we did a the first like network crossover special. If you don't really count that po- international podcast day special we did last year, uh, but this time we actually got a bunch of people from podcasts on the network together, and we talked. And yeah, that streamed live to the Electronic Media Collective uh, Facebook page, and then I um I threw it out on on to iTunes on the update feed, right? Yep, on the update feed on iTunes. 
And I did not edit that at all. I mean, I did a little sound magic, but I did not edit that. I didn't even like do the truncate silence thing, which I probably should have. But I was like, it's live. You need to get this. Feel the every live thing. <laughs> all the all the liveness. All the live. You need We're it. living in live. All the awkward moments of life that you wish you could avoid. Yeah. You get to have those too. <laughs> and there were a few. It went pretty well, though. But Jesse, Jesse yeah. was on there with me. And we were also joined by Dustin of uh, Pro Wrestling Iowa, Pro Wrestling mm-hmm. Iowa podcast, and Rob of the Movie Madhouse podcast. Yes. Rob is Canadian. We were talking about Canadians like last episode. I don't remember why. Because they have either. poutine? Yeah, probably. It's, oh, that's, that's why it came up. That's yeah. the main reason to talk about Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> and Dustin is uh, in Iowegian, so he's very close to us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I need to, and I need to find out. I think he might be related to somebody at my work. Mm-hmm. Dustin? Dustin might be related to Dennis, yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if you'll uh, hit any of these Magnum shows that come to Omaha. It would be cool to do a meetup. It would be. Oh, yeah. Didn't you go to a uh, a con? Well, okay, slow it down. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, with, uh, yeah. You're jumping way too fast. There's plenty. Plenty <laughs> to talk about there, yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> okay. We're just blowing through these things. Good, good thought, though, yes. Yeah. Along those lines, I did want to mention real quick that I discovered the other day via Twitter that half of the 1980s movie graveyard which is another podcast on the network mm-hmm. is in bellevue really? yeah wow. yeah that was a revelation my mind was blown because um they joined the network and i had no idea it's, yeah it's how i mean it sounds stupid but like i mean what are the odds exactly you meet people online and it turns out like they're in the same city you are it's just weird they probably knew and we didn't like they That's, were like oh we'll join this network because they're local and we were like, hey, there's, these guys are from wherever. And they're probably like, it, duh. <laughs> You're like, why, why do you think we would join? But I was very surprised. Yeah. I lived in Bellevue, Bellevue for a little bit. Maybe I ran across them and like flipped them off on the street or something. You, it's possible you know them. You know this person. Uh, maybe. Seems like all roads lead to Bellevue if you're in Nebraska. Like you'll, you'll try not to go to Bellevue, but <laughs> you'll wind up there somehow. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's you weird. Got, and you got to be really careful because their cops suck. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I'm going to take this uh, exit because I'm trying to get somewhere. And I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, I'm in Bellevue. Mm-hmm. What? I Nothing know. against Bellevue. It's just strange. Yeah, I have stuff it's like against Bellevue. It's like a muted triangle of Omaha area, metro area. Yeah, it's all Omaha to me. Like some parts look more Omaha. Some parts look less Omaha. It's just all Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time in Omaha till I lived here. And so, right. like, I don't have those, right. like, defined boundaries. Like, this is Benson, yeah. and this is Ralston, and this is another area. Mm-hmm. I, uh... And you're in Council Bluffs, and that's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. <laughs> but, I, you know, I grew up in Omaha. I lived in Bellevue for a little bit. I haven't, like, it's like, it's like a magnetic line in my brain that mm-hmm. uh, that runs along Harrison Street. And I'm like, don't cross that line. Don't cross that don't line. Don't go over there. Don't go there. <laughs> don't. No. Yeah. And if you do, make sure it's daylight and you have silver bullets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The silver bullets. Is key. Yeah. The only the only one that sometimes gets me is um Carter Lake, which I don't think should exist. It's not fair that a big chunk of Nebraska, well, not a big chunk, but a little chunk of Nebraska is actually Iowa. That's that's just dumb. They're creeping up on our side of the river. I know. Hey Iowa, stay on your side of the river. But uh, what are I- you doing over here? <laughs> that's that's Omaha. It should be. That's Omaha. It, it well, basically it is. It's not Iowa. But I I go through it and I'm or- like oh. Dang it, I'm in Iowa. Didn't mean to be, but here I am. You know, I noticed uh, because 
I, like we mentioned it, but I was traveling to Iowa a decent amount, and there was uh, like the Lake Manawa commercials, which we've heard since we were kids on the radio, and it's like cross the river for great deals, and they stopped saying that. Like they stopped saying cross the river. They say something else like come on down or something. And I was like, that's jarring. Cause Don't they're, change that. Because <laughs> they're here now. You, that might be why. Maybe you don't have to cross any rivers. I think we need to talk to Dustin from Pro, Pro Wrestling Iowa because I think Iowa is making a move on Nebraska. They don't need to. <laughs> I, I feel like he needs to be in a bite, you know? <laughs> yeah, he yeah. Sounds like, a, sounds like a guy that has a lot to say about comics anyhow. So mm-hmm. He has strong opinions about uh, Space Ghost. That's a callback to the crossover episode. And that's how I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back to the, the thing we were talking about. Check out the crossover episode. Um, a lot of wrestling talk. And uh, I, f- I feel good about it. But uh, I don't think I performed well. But everybody else was on point. So I was good. Yeah. I just, I just needed to be the glue to be like, let's do this. And then introduce <laughs> people. <laughs> kind of. But it was fun. You picked this off really well. Yeah. <laughs> and you organized the whole thing. So, I mean, like, so I uh, feel good about that. So here's, here, here's, here's, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not feeling bad about it. Here's, here's the thing. Uh, I was getting set and I was like, all right, we got a stream. So I was like, okay, hold on. I got to start the stream. Then we'll do the intro and get going. Literally right, right as Facebook's like sh- streaming <laughs> uh, movie Madhouse Rob. I'll just call him that from now on. Movie Mad, <laughs> Madhouse now, Rob. Yeah. Madhouse Rob goes, well, while you're doing that, can you guys hear this? And it started this whole thing, like, right when I was just about to start the intro, like, kick the show off proper. And I was like, uh, uh, oh, we're streaming. Oh, God. But uh, <laughs> but then I was like, you know what? That's how you start a live show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Did that make it into the, uh, the official, uh, like, update feed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I left it there. Right. Yeah, you left it in there. Yeah. What, what awesome. I what I was going to do uh, the update uh, the crossover show doesn't have a, a theme song yet. I was going to play that before and then cut the theme song in between that and like the proper intro. Right. Um. Just because I thought that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. No. That, that. Yeah. That's how I edited it. But uh. But I I I tried to make a theme song. I scrapped like three different ideas. They just it just wasn't gelling. So mm-hmm. we'll do it again probably stream it live again to uh, the electronic media collective facebook page mm-hmm. and uh next time i should have a i'll have a theme song or something ready for it hey there listener randy from the future just jumping in to tell you we did in fact do another electronic media collective crossover episode since recording this uh we were once again joined by dustin from pro wrestling iowa as well as myself and jesse and this time we got Brandon, uh, who you've heard on the show before, Brandon Lapani of the Technology Geek, and we were joined by Eric of the Mockers Podcast. And this time it's a little bit more, you know, in line with what we generally do. We talked comic book movies and movie trailers that came out of this last uh, Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con. There was lots of news. So we did a crossover episode on the Electronic Media Collective uh, Facebook page, all about that stuff. You should definitely check that out after you listen to this episode, of course. But I wanted to let you know that we did in fact do another one since recording this. And you can listen to that on iTunes. Just uh, search up Electronic Media Collective. I believe it'll pop up that way. Of course, I'll have links in the show notes. Oh, but beware, the crossover episodes are not Grawlix 
They are not clean. They are explicit. Just a heads up. I think uh, I think that we will have a pretty interesting rotating cast because there were people that wanted to be on that weren't able to be on. So I think like who knows what you'll get next time. You know, you got what you got this time, but next time it'll be totally different. That's the most exciting thing about it is like, yeah, next lineup, you know, you might have a couple of the same people and then all new people. And it'll just like be an ever changing little like whoever's available to make it. Mm -hmm. So that and it'll make for interesting dynamics. We need to get the one of the Australian people and one of the Canadian people. I I was was thinking that. International. I still want to do the Grolix uh, Fat Boy and Captain Llama crossover. Oh, I I don't know how I don't know how that'll happen, but I still want that to happen. They're just they're literally in a different day. Yeah, Yeah, the time zone is well. Yeah, I know you say that, but it's a much harder to traverse. I know matching up the time zone is tricky because it's like they have an app for that. Well, it's yeah, but I mean, what I mean is like our evening is like. Uh, like their lunch hour or something it's ridiculously different so one side's either gonna have to get up super early or something crazy can you imagine recording a podcast at like six in the morning waking up for it no waking up for it i wouldn't wake up at six i'd wake up at like not everybody wants to oh yeah but you wake up at four i know that's i'm like i wake (laughs) up at four i go to bed at five sometimes you never know what's gonna happen i'm i'm all over the place with my schedule so it's not a big deal to me goodness this isn't video (laughs) (laughs) yeah folks there's a reason we don't do video podcasting and that's because what if we got up at four what if we got up it's like 4 30 p.m now and this is kind of recording early for us Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. And oh. and you know what? We started recording at 4.30, and I didn't have any pants on when we started. And that's another reason we don't have video. <laughs> True. I mean, <laughs> it's a pretty easy fix. Yeah, I did fix it. But I'm just saying, <laughs> it, you know, I, I don't have to wear pants all day if I don't want sometimes. And uh, it's cool. I feel like this is a, like a built-in commercial for our Patreon. Because that happened on the pre-show. It did. You, d- you didn't get to see it, but it was there. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, so, man, today's pre-show was great. Yeah, you should listen to it and you can listen to it on patreon.com slash podcast. So, we, yeah, we have a Patreon um, and there's perks to uh, being a patron. And uh, this one, did we decide that this one is uh, free even if you're not a patron? Yeah, this this pre-show is going to be a freebie. We've debated doing freebies for the last two episodes, but uh, this one I think is this one's gold. Yep. Yeah. Until the end. So you can kind of get an idea of, <laughs> until the end. Until we yeah. po- until I point out how good this pre-show is, and then it just nosedives. It, it, it just falls apart, and then we decide, well, I guess. I, just... <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I guess. Uh... That's about that seems that sounds about right. Uh yeah, so that'll give you an idea of what the pre-show is. It's literally what we talk about before the show. Um, so how how can they find it then? Uh Grolix podcast. No, wait. Yes. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash Grolix podcast. There's also going to be links to stuff. If you're, if you hit Grolix podcast.com, um, we'll have links like right up at the top. If you're on the desktop, if you're on mobile, I don't know. I struggle with the mobile website. <laughs> I, I try to get the imp- important links there, but, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, right. it's tricky because it appears differently. Um, but there's links all over. There'll be links in the show notes to this episode that you're listening to. And then over there, there's a, 
there's there's all kinds of things. There's posts. Yeah, there's goodies that you can get even if you're not a patron. But imagine the goodies you can get if you are a patron. And you can start at a patron level as cheap as a dollar a month. Cheap uh, as a dollar. Which is, I mean, I mean, like that's like if you only bought one candy bar a month. Like that's negligible. Like people will blow more than a dollar on anything. And this is for a whole month. That's not even a Snickers. That's that's like a right. We're, a cheap candy bar. We are yeah. so much better than a cheap candy bar. Yep. I don't even know what to like. What's a cheap candy bar? A uh, peanut nut roll, which I actually love. Yeah. A peanut nut roll. Melanie yeah. loves it. You'll Cheaper love than our that. <laughs> <laughs> of shenanigans. Uh, yeah. Um, and you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to throw down on our Patreon topic discussion. You'll be able to further influence the show. Actually, I'm not sure what at what point you can. Yeah. You can. I mean, we'll listen to you, you know, like, <laughs> at the higher levels, like, like we have to listen to you because that's part of the gig, but you like, become our corporate we're interested in your, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you're now, you're now our corporate overlords uh, <laughs> at that low level. Like, it doesn't matter. We, we're, I mean, like, we're going to, we're going to take what you have to say seriously, because that's what we do. We care about what you think. That's right. And you know what? We'll actually listen, even if you don't pay. Because um, we have a new messaging, messaging system set up. You can, oh, man. Yeah. On point. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you're not a patron, you can, like, you can, you can join the show. Mm-hmm. You already decide what we read every month. Mm-hmm. Now you get to tell us, about, tell us about it. Yeah. And then further dictate things that we otherwise talk about. Yeah. And you can tell us what you think about what we thought about what you told us to read. <gasps> wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're kind of jumping around here. Aside from the Patreon stuff, what's going on with my notes here? Uh, the letters page segment, and I think we'll do that after the poll list. That okay. seems like a Sounds, later in the show yep. type thing. Yeah. Sounds good. That has nothing to do with the Patreon. That's just, we want to hear it from people. Yeah. But if you want to give us money, man, you'll get more power over us, too. Oh, oh man. yeah. <laughs> we, we are just begging to sell out. I mean, <laughs> be interactive. Um. be interactive i do want i want to be interactive listen give Uh, us money tell us what to do for the show give us content (laughs) (laughs) that that awkward silence totally how much further do i dig this hole for us (laughs) no like i mean when we say it all like that it seems bad but it's good yeah (laughs) because we're you know the show itself isn't changing no. And we're going to we keep doing it regardless. Yeah. Yep. We're we're not we're not like some corporate guy that wants more money. We're the guy on the street with the cardboard box torn in half and stuff scribbled on it. He's like, "Here, I made this for you. Regardless you ask or not, do you want to give me money?" Yep. <laughs> this thing cost me money. You want to you want to You're just money? walking down the road. You didn't expect to see me here, but I am. But I'm here. I'm and here. I've been following you for the last 2 miles. <laughs> that actually happens to me sometimes. What? What Which part? <laughs> Like, uh, when I go downtown sometimes, it's usually downtown, I'll, like, go be going somewhere, and then somebody will, like, start talking to me, and then they'll just walk with me, like, everywhere that I go until I leave. That's weird. It happens to me quite a bit, actually. I know it is strange. You're I don't too know. friendly. I, you have too much, too much, uh, too friendly of a demeanor. I, I guess. I get, tried to give somebody a sandwich once, but he wouldn't take it. You need to start treating people like sock monkeys. <laughs> I would never horror? treat a person like a sock monkey. That's wrong. Oh, Run away. Right. I'm just saying, dude. Like, I hate your butt eyes. 
That needs to be a uh, bumper sticker, I think. I hate your button eyes. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I think we did what we were intending to do with all that. Um, one one other thing, like we we kind of like went right from the Grolix bites to the uh, EMC crossover. You like you you guys can find that on on the website as well. I mean, like it's it's in the feed, and you probably already downloaded it if you've subscribed, which I hope you have. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't, then you should do it now. And the written uh, review. We want, please do more things for us. <laughs> <laughs> like while we're at it, yeah, all no, the things you could do. Jesse's right, though. We did gloss over the Grolix bites episode. And listen, if you haven't checked it out, it's it's in with all our regular episodes. If you've been able to find this, you can find it. It's there. Uh, it's an interesting episode. I suggest any any time that we cross over with Brandon Lapani, you know you're going to get something special. So it's special. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your regular episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, was, did you guys talk about uh the newest recruit to EMC on that show? I can't remember. I think so, but in case not, uh you're talking book versus movie? Yep. Yeah. Oh man, I want to get them on the crossover podcast too. Uh yeah, w- book versus movie is another podcast that joined the network uh recently and it they do what it sounds like. Um they talk it's about a great a book, a great show. I mean, like no surprise, but it's a great show. Like I listened to the uh, Planet of the Apes one, and I want to read the book. I don't have time to read books. I've actually read that book, Monkey Planet. Have you? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, like, like I was like, oh, that's so different from the movie, and I love the movie, so I'm gonna need to listen and read that it's, somehow, yeah. Very one different. or the other. It's a, hmm. it's a, it's a quick read. I think I, they have flying book. cars. What? We don't even have flying cars. The main thing I remember is the opening scene has these, the opening, I guess, I don't know, it's not really a scene, but you know what I mean, of the yeah. book has these, ha- has a pair of characters in a spaceship, and now this was written long before space travel. I can't remember the exact date. It's pre-60s, yeah. um, because the movie came out in the 60s. Yeah. And, and it's, it's French. The book's description, yeah, it's French, and the title actually translates to Monkey Planet in English, um, which is fun. But the description of the spaceship these beings are like traveling in uh, always stuck with me. It's very like, no, it's very strange, but like gliding on solar waves type thing. It's more like a sailboat than like a rocket ship. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. So kind of interesting. But in the future, that's probably what it's going to be like. You're going to have solar sails that collect the, you know, radiation and use that to power it. The ship. And self-healing cement. Yes. Yeah. So you should definitely check out book versus movie podcast fantastic hosted yes. by two women named margo they're both named margo wait two women two women wow yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep you know, you the, have... the baddest bleep i've ever known was a chick named Mar- margo really yeah so that you know I'm, I'm intrigued now you should listen to it it's pretty good you won't it's okay you don't listen to podcasts i don't really yeah melanie doesn't like podcasts no it's not that i don't like them <laughs> I mean, it's I that know. We had this she conversation. Just no, the, it's I can't listen to something and give it attention while I'm doing other things, and that's the only time that I have time to do things is when I'm doing something else, and then I'll end up ignoring half of it, and so I won't know what's going on, and then I'll be like, I just can't listen to it now. You know, that's fair. If I didn't drive as much as I do, like every day, uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't get through a quarter of the podcast I listen to. Yeah, and I'll listen to podcasts sometimes on the computer, but if I'm doing other things. Yeah, there's chunks I miss. Right. You walk out of the room and boom. Yep. Yeah. And I already have too much. Like, 
anymore at work. I'll have like, I'm on the phone on my cell phone and have somebody talking to me all at the same time. And I, I'm trying to divide oh, my attention well, yeah, and all that crap. I can't, you, I don't, you know, can't do I can't it. do anymore. Well, you don't want to throw a podcast with little voices talking in your ear on top of all that. <laughs> you don't know who you're responding to at that point. Yeah. Everybody's looking <laughs> at you crazy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wait. <laughs> you, you weren't talking about Crisis on Infinite Earth. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. So you can find that podcast on, on the electronicmediacollective.com. Um, also, check them out at bookversusmovie.libson.com. There you go. That's the proper. And it's BS, not versus. Did you want to talk a little? I know this is probably a lot to go into. You don't have to hit everything. But do you want to talk a little bit about O Comic Con, Jesse? I do, uh, specifically because it kind of still relates to what we've been talking about, which has been podcasts. Uh, at O Comic Con, I met up with the Bearded Beacon guys. So, uh, Seal and Chris. And they are like Chris is local. He's uh, from Lincoln, Nebraska. And then Seal is from down in Texas. And they they do their podcast very similar to how we do, which is, you know, we record like I'm remote from, you know, I'm, I'm the Grolic sub bunker or whatever we decided it was called. Grolic's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> location B. Yep. Or you can be wow. location A and we can be location one so that nobody's secondary. Oh, there you go. Either way. <laughs> Either way. Sorry. <laughs> Either way. We're uh, Grolic's ground floor. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I've met Chris uh, in person at a couple of cons and then those guys came up uh, and they were you know, like touring Okama Con and uh, I did a quick interview with them and you can find that on their website, which is uh, found at podcast.beardedbeacon.com or you can find them on iTunes by searching it out or we'll probably have a link to the actual episode in the show notes so good good time uh you're like <laughs> seal through uh chris under the bus a little bit and had him interview me because he knew me and uh you're like chris already knows how irreverent i am so boom like right off the bat the interview is off the rails irreverent it, w- it was a lot of fun yeah definitely check it out i listened to it and it was very entertaining axton had no idea that he was going to be involved in it and he wasn't like like on the show but he was definitely referenced in the show he very much got pulled into it <laughs> yeah he became like a de facto side guest it was awesome you were also on a panel oh. i was on a panel uh wow i hope i don't forget anybody uh it was a podcasters of the midwest panel that happened on uh, Sunday, and uh, I was literally invited that morning. Like I just found out about it the day before, and then uh, somebody came by that morning and was like, "Hey, there's a panel at 10:30, and uh, we we were told that you do a podcast, so we don't want to leave you out." And uh, I was like, "Okay," and so I so I decided to check it out, and uh, yeah, it was a, it was a good podcast uh, panel. It was. Uh, involving a lot of podcasts, some of which I already knew, and some uh, I was just finding about for the first time. Um, like Graphic Novelty was a podcast that was on the panel. Uh, Daydream Instruction Manual, which used to be the Doug and Eddie show, which is a, a pretty popular Midwest podcast. Um, Joe Patrick from Two Headed Nerd was on the panel. And then uh, the guys from uh, Worst Comic Book Podcast Ever. I hope I'm not messing up that name, but uh, they're based out of Kansas City or Kansas, and uh, like they're they're a big podcast that I had seen a couple of times, and uh, so it was a really full panel of people, 
and uh, I felt like the noob on the block up there, but uh, it was it was a good time and it was definitely a good experience. Um, it was fun because like everybody's kind of talking about podcast conventions, and I realized just how unconventional we are, like from start to finish, <laughs> yeah. like, from our origins to where we are now, we are not the norm. <laughs> I'm okay with that, but it's interesting to be on a, a like a panel of people who are like you shouldn't go over an hour and uh, <laughs> you, should, you should get your hosting through Podbean and all these things. I was like, we don't do any of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to sit back here and hope you guys don't call on me, but I am having a great time. <laughs> it, was a good, it was a good panel. I don't know if there's audio. I think somebody recorded that. I think the graphic novelty uh, crew recorded that, but I don't know if that's an, episode that's coming out or not but if it is we'll uh we'll get you info on that yeah i want to hear it anyway i'll have to search that up yeah i want i want to know what a podcast is supposed to be like a podcast <laughs> okay okay <laughs> nah uh, i can i can't speak we do it. i can't speak to content but three hours long and monthly not <laughs> ideal <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no not typical but uh but you, you, Schedules, man. Schedules. Listen, right. We do it. Yeah, we do it. We do it our own way. Yeah. We we don't play by anybody else. Anybody's no, rules. No, you know. I mean, like we and we could we could bulk record and put out more often, but you know, like we we can't stick to a script. Yeah, <laughs> we can't. We can't keep to an outline. We call back to a pre-show that nobody's heard. Yeah, and and you can't mess up the flow, man. That's just wrong. No, no. This is authentic. Mm-hmm. Maybe. We'll and you know what? <laughs> oh, I'm the one. I'm the one who pushes for more frequent episodes. Um, Randy's like production overlord kicked in there. He's like, "We'll see about that." <laughs> I have editing. I have final edit. <laughs> <laughs> I take artistic license. Oh no, I couldn't. I, I I don't think I could cut an episode that we. Yeah, that is that is the issue is callbacks and stuff like that. Uh-huh. It would be a yeah. mess. That first episode you listened to, or I don't even know, if you just came in on like the second half of what would otherwise be one episode, it might be rough. Yeah. Right. And uh, <laughs> sometimes, it just with the editing you do do, you have a rough time being like, how am I, how am I going to make this seem right? <laughs> this, this transition and yeah. this, that. Yeah. yeah. I cut that whole thing because that didn't need to be there, but we called back to it. Yeah. That oh my god, that gets me ev- almost every yeah, episode. I know where there's like a, we'll talk about something and then I'll be like, well, we we I, I got to cut that. It's just not relevant, or we didn't mean for it to be in the show. And then it that directly like rolls into like one of the funniest parts. Uh-huh. So I'm like, right. oh, how do yeah. I make this work? I invent. I'm sorry, yeah, it's I, usually me. I I I'm inappropriate all the time. Well, yeah, but I, but your inappropriateness then leads to something funny. So I'm that's like, the thing. Yeah, how do some I? Of the funny- yeah, exactly. And I can't cut the funny stuff. And sometimes sometimes it leads right into like something that dominates 20 minutes of the show where I'm like, that's a good topic. Mm-hmm. How do I cut out all that stuff that leads up to it? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I edit together new sentences sometimes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get in there, man. I'm cutting syllables. <laughs> um, yeah, that's awesome. You're on a panel podcast panel. And, you know, like just briefly, the Ocomicon is a it's a great convention. We've this is the second year they've done it. 
Uh, it's called Omaha Comic Con, but it actually has been in Council Bluffs for the last two years. So every year that it's been in, in an existence, it's actually been in Iowa. So that's interesting. But it's it's so much fun. And it's uh, it's like a mini Planet Comic Con. And it looks more and more like Planet Comic Con every year. It's pretty cool. I just realized that's Iowa once again trying to take over. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we got your Omaha Comic Con right here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It's our fault. It's our fault. We won't vote for gambling if we had the casinos. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. Build, build the casinos and people will come. Uh, that's true. We joke, we joke, but like Council Bluff uh, offers an awful lot. I mean, like, I don't know. It offers everything that Omaha isn't gutsy enough to do. Yeah. 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 You're like, come on, Omaha, get some guts. Yeah, throw, we, throw some guts. They're like, we wear tight, tight pants and white shoes. Come on, get with it. Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't know, but it's. I, I noticed. I, Is that your like? That's your vision of cool. No, or like gutsy. It's it's neither. I don't. I would never. I don't like tight pants and I don't like white shoes. But every time I go there, I notice like. Everybody is wearing tight pants and white shoes, and I'm like, what is up with this? What what's wrong with Iowa? Why are they all like that? <laughs> I mean, Interesting. Or that's Council Bluffs, though. I can't say for all of Iowa, but I was gonna say somewhere, somewhere. Dustin, Dustin is listening. Dustin Smothers is listening. And he's in proper Iowa in his tight pants and white shoes. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> oh, no, they don't do that in proper Iowa. <laughs> um, in oh. proper Iowa, they actually get presidential candidates to come to their state. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I don't want no. I don't want any presidential candidates here. Okay, I've had enough. That's a good point. That's a good they, point. They block off traffic and. Screw the whole system up, man. Yeah, it's, they do. That's true. <laughs> I don't like it. We had one here a while back. And especially, look mm. at the candidates we have this year. I don't need either of them in Nebraska. Um, stay out. We're going to build a wall yeah. around Nebraska. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it'll probably be made out of hay bales, but yeah. It's not for immigrants. It's for pre- 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 presidential <laughs> it's candidates. It's for people from our own country. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so... Uh, I wanted to ask you, Jesse, because this is something that uh, Vince Dorse brought up, and I don't think we mentioned it last episode. Uh, oh. And I, t- I know I messaged you about it, and actually I sent your reply forward to him, so he's read it. But Vince... <laughs> I, hope, I hope I remember what I told him, because uh, if I totally like... And now uh, you're going to re- contradict yourself. I'm going to totally refute myself, yeah. So Vince hasn't done a lot of a lot in the way of like uh, tabling at cons and stuff. So when I mentioned mm-hmm. you were at a con... He was curious as to how you felt about basically like this, I don't know, the con scene, uh, basically how you felt like about the audience, people who were there to see um, the artists and comic related stuff and stuff like that versus people that are just there for cosplay and the spectacle of being there. Right. That's that was basically his question. Like, how well, does- it's, it's kind of two tiered because um, I go, you know, like I I do both. I go as a con goer for that experience. And I, I, I notice that it definitely directly affects how I'm going to spend my money. Um, and, and I want to spend my money on the artists and, you know, the people that have spent their money, they've spent money to be there as opposed to guests who are like being paid to be there. You know, like that's a very different thing. Uh, and I, and I relate to that very directly. So I've been, I've been there as just a, a person that wanted to meet Stanley and spent all my money on it basically. Um, and, uh, yeah, that definitely makes an impact on how you're going to approach your show. 
but then I also, when I table, I don't table at those shows. I mean, like that's partly a financial, you know, like for financial reasons that I just can't make an out of state, huge show work yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, I could see that being an issue, but at the cons that I've been at, like at Comic Con, I didn't feel like that was an issue. Like, yes, people came to see cosplay and people came to see, um, the guests, but they also were there because a lot of people in this particular situation like they've never been to a con at all and so they were trying to take the whole thing in mm-hmm. and uh i didn't i didn't see uh too much of a problem with that and i i think that a lot of the smaller cons there's just a different crowd like they go because they want to experience uh the panels they want to experience the people they want to experience the environment and i think there's still those two different kinds of cons happening. You just have to really look for the second one because a lot of cons are going the way of big media expo because that's, you know, like right now, as we're recording, it's the last day of San Diego Mm -hmm. Mm comic-con. You know, that's the way that San Diego has gone. It used to be a comic book thing. And now we get less comic book news out of that and more everything else news. Mm, Trailers. trailers. Lots of trailers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I answered the question or not, but I think it's it's both, and it depends on the con because every con is its own little beast, its its own little community. I would like to experience some. I mean, we've, I've only been to the one, and I I would like to go to different ones and and see what they're like because that one wasn't the greatest for me, but it wasn't horrible either. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I want. I think I would really like it if I could find which kind I like. We yeah we definitely need to hit more cons. We need to yeah that one was on. very that one was very panel based and mm-hmm. it, uh-huh. I mean like I think that's not that's not a bad con for for panels and that kind of thing. That's a, like I said that's kind of a subset of cons and you've got like different different degrees of that up the ladder where you're going to have a con that has maybe bigger guests and less panels or the panels are you know not as big of a focus and then. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the cons where you spend no time on the vendor floor because you are you're in a line somewhere. And yeah. you know, it's just a totally different experience depending on what kind of con it is. I can't remember exactly what you said before that I passed on to Vince, but it was along I think the similar same, but not quite. Yeah, along the same lines, but like you've kind of like approached it from a different angle this time. So I'm I'm sure Vince will appreciate it. I'll have to send him a message. Well, yeah, after I've, this had, I've had updated uh updated experiences since then because the con i was at then was a little bit more local mm-hmm. um, and th- this one was local too but i don't know it was it was a good blend it was a really good experience so we, we need should, to go to more cons we do need to mo- go to more cons i know i didn't even realize that that one was going to be here until i saw a, a billboard for it like the day that it started mm-hmm. and oh, i'm yeah. like what why didn't i see this billboard a week ago or two weeks ago or a month ago I kept wondering, like, what would that panel be like if all three of us were on it? <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, like, like, <laughs> I don't think Melanie would have joined us. Yeah, up there. no, I'm not a, I'm not a being in front of people type person. I, I can help it. I would have joined, but uh, yeah, I don't know how much. Like in a group that, like, you know, that that, that many people, I probably just wouldn't have. I probably would have felt like you and been like, oh well, we don't we don't do our show at all. Like, yeah, this. yeah, so no, I would have just held talk to me. Back. I like you guys. Don't talk to me. I like, I like, <laughs> I like, I like yeah. Yeah, that's that's the that's the Randy experience. If if you want me on your show, 
I, I like you guys. Don't talk to me. I, I, totally, <laughs> I totally thought of uh, your experience on, on that podcast when I was up there. I was like, oh, my God, I know exactly how it feels because like I, I have things I could say, but I don't know if I want to say them. <laughs> I don't know if I ever give Hooplecast a proper shout out, but I do want to like jump back real quick and be like, I, so I was on a podcast about Deadwood, uh, HBO series Deadwood a while back called Hooplecast. It's a good show. You should definitely go check it out. Yeah. I didn't talk much and I felt bad about about my You gave it a good review though. You just didn't feel good about your your showing on it. Yeah, I was yeah. I just didn't want to make it sound negative, like a negative experience cuz it's a good show and they did they did everything. Everything good. <laughs> they did they did all the good things. All the good things. Yep. We're just uh, oddly enough a a trio of uh socially uncomfortable people yeah socially awkward (laughs) introverted and anxious people yeah and i kind of forget how much so until i'm on a stage and i'm like oh oh, oh, oh." Mm -hmm. someday (laughs) someday i'm gonna yeah someday grox is gonna be on a panel i was just thinking i really like i was thinking that i was like what if we did our own panel it was and we literally uh we just owned it we were like the unconventional podcast you know like we're like how to do a podcast but not not the way that you're supposed to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> How to get tens of listeners? <laughs> Dozens, dozen ears. Um, no, we have more listeners than that. Download numbers tell me so, but uh, that are the same people just like to download our episodes over and over again, which is fine. Keep doing it. Makes yeah. me feel better. <laughs> um, oh, before we jump off of there, was there anything else you wanted to mention about the convention? I don't know what else to say. Um, okay, it was a good, it was a good time. There were, you know, like we had. Uh, it, it it does what a, a convention a convention should do, and it's growing. You know, like it grew a little bit from last year. The the guests were big, maybe bigger. You know, like we had uh, Jake the Snake Roberts <gasps> and uh, people from Sesame Street, people from uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand. <gasps> so, Ooh. like, yeah, I mean, last year was awesome. This year was growing. It was even bigger, I think. I mark some of these on my Google Calendar, but I don't ever like set up notifications or anything. Yeah, I, I need. I to, need to set up like notifications for like two months ahead before these things hit. I I need to put stuff in my calendar, and I need to add notifications that annoy me daily for weeks or something. For for not just that, for life and work and you know a hundred things. So this is not the most exciting thing, but uh, the other day I finally went through because I kind of mentally keep track of when my various bills are due. I finally went through and put put them all into my Google Calendar with notifications and all that. And then I was looking at it and I, I was like, this is the most depressing thing. <laughs> it's yeah. not a lot of big bills, but like, you know, you've got the big bills and then you've got Netflix, Hulu, uh, HBO, you know, phone bill, this and that, this and that. And you're just like, there's like a different bill every like four days. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like you go out to your uh, mailbox hoping for good news and you get bills. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with your calendar. Like, hey, what am I doing today? I'm paying a bill. I'm paying a bill. I don't. Mine's so much easier because I'm like my rent check and my everything else check. I have two checks and they both go to giant sums of money to these different things. And when as soon as I get paid, it's gone pretty much. Well, you know, my big bills fall within certain periods of the month, but like also keeping track of Netflix and all the little stuff that adds up. You know. Yeah. That stuff's all just randomly spread out. So yeah. When you look at it, it's just like, oh, man, there's some something every couple days. Here's 
at least one more in-house thing that's just a total aside that doesn't really matter but so my math might be off so i could be wrong by an episode or two but i figured out i figured up all the emg radio episodes um the other random special episodes i've produced and all the grolix episodes that i produced um not including the ones that jesse did uh-huh and this is my 100th episode that i've produced Whoa. personally well, 31 is the Booyah anniversary. I don't know what 100 is. Yeah. That, that's kind of like an actual like an actual thing, like silver anniversary or something. This is my like uh, podcast Gold. producer centennial episode. Yeah. Whoa. Which makes me extra glad that we recorded this a week early so I could edit it and feel good about editing it instead of just like doing another quick throw it up pretty much how it is job. Be like, I'm a producer. <laughs> Awkward pause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even with the truncate silence. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> That's kind of the best thing of that truncate silence is if there's like a really long awkward pause, it doesn't eliminate it. It still yeah. keeps it. It just cuts it down a bit. So it yeah. doesn't mess with the timing of things. And sometimes that's the best part. Right. But but yeah, so the, this is my 100th episode that I've produced personally. Um, Happy producerversary. Thank you. <laughs> all right <laughs> sorry <laughs> Me- melanie's become a podcast sketcher just now there's oh. there's several podcasts that i listen to where it's it's very common for the some of the co-hosts to comment on like things that one of the other co-hosts is drawing oh yeah and melanie has become uh, one of them now she's uh, she's sketching some stuff i'm sorry don't be sorry i just need to it, it is distracting me so i just need to look away need to get used to it okay uh do we want to do we want to oh, lurch headlong into our into our poll list i had one more news item Ooh. that i think we need to mention real quick oh my apologies let's do it oh no that's okay that's okay so we've talked about we are like I, this kind of ties into the poll list because one of our poll list picks was harold uh oh yeah Lovecraft and tesla and those guys uh tom rogers and john riley are currently putting on a Kickstarter for a Herald themed RP tabletop RPG uh, called well, it's Lovecraft and Tesla. It's it's set in the Herald world and it's called the Savage Worlds. And it is currently um, as we record, they have twenty two days left. So uh, even as this goes up, you will have time to go out and support their Kickstarter. And I think they're a little over the halfway mark, so they've got time. You know, they could get this thing uh, funded, but it would be great if you would help them out because, uh, you know, like the Herald book is an incredible property. And uh, I just I just think we need more of it in the world. Well, yeah, for one, the comic was fantastic. Yeah, Um, I don't remember which episode, but I'll link to it in the show notes. But we yeah, we discussed the comic on the show before. And what a great universe to set a tabletop game in. Yeah. Yeah. How funny is it that? Never mind. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> it's hilarious. I know yeah. it is, isn't it? <laughs> but no, like, yeah, what it, it, it really is like, and that's one of the most fun things of it. Like, it's well written and the art was fantastic, but it's like, what a great idea. And this is like super interesting universe and stuff like that. And so, yeah, putting a putting a role playing game in that universe is just meant to be. Yeah. Good call. I can't remember. I can't remember which one of them is at San Diego Comic Con right now, but one of them is holding down the fort and uh, supporting, or you know, like promoting uh, Harold and 
and all all the works that they're doing. So did that come up because of this? What? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no. Melanie, part of her sketch right now is Cthulhu. So. <laughs> oh no, I don't need. I didn't even see it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I just it was weird, you know. Yeah. What uh, a coincidence. It was the last thing on my notes, and actually, it's the first thing in my notes. <laughs> and I just had been jumping over it because it. Yeah, we, yeah. We, our 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 in house news uh, segment this this month has been very crazy. It's big. It's big. It, yeah. Now, do we want to do pull list? I see no reason why not. Okay. Um. Do you happen to have the website open? I am pretty close to having the website open. Okay. I can't. I. I mean, I can get to it, but uh, normally I have my phone right here. I'm pretty sure it hasn't changed a whole lot. Whoa. There's a picture of all the things. When did that happen? Uh, I did that last night. I, wow. I like Sweet. it, except it takes so much more room up in the sidebar, so I might get rid of them for a while. But, yeah, like I thought it, I thought it was neat. Yeah, no, it looks cool. You can see Visual representation. Yeah, each, each right. item has a photo of its cover on there. Oh. Yeah, our, our poll has not changed. Uh, our... Reigning champion for next month is DC: The New Frontier uh, by Darwin Cook, which is which is exciting. Uh, yeah, I'm sure Melanie is not thrilled. And you know what? That shot up out of nowhere, as they always do. It did, uh, yeah. And it's it's definitely taken a strong lead. Um, yeah. And even within just the last couple of days, I almost think somebody listens and heard how upset Melanie was that she had to read more and more DC, and was like, ha, ha, ha. You know, a lot of times I I think I do. I think I think people just want to mess with me sometimes. And not just with that, with like other things. And so sometimes I know they just want to mess with me, like with the stupid sock puppet crap. <laughs> See if I ever share my my fears with the world again. <laughs> um yeah, DC the New Frontier. I'm excited to I'm excited to read that um because of the creators and there is um there's an animated DC feature based on that that I've oh yeah it's watched it's great um but yeah I'm ex I'm excited to read that when uh, Darwin Cook when it was announced that he died I uh, I rewatched it with uh, his commentary on and you know like that's kind of brutal <laughs> I probably shouldn't have done that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> made a sad situation even sadder but um yeah it it's such a work of art like from from beginning to end the so i'm i'm interested and excited i i had already put it on my to buy list so i i have a really thick copy of it sitting over here next to me it's ready to go it's another hefty book it is it is that it's going to be a uh be a long month next week uh next month because we have two segments and one of them's thick so yeah oh yeah yeah and our new our new our recurring new, segment will yeah. start um, mm -hmm. We still don't have a name for it. But that's right. We got a month for it. A month to come up with it. Invisible audio. I don't know. So next, <laughs> what are you chuckling about? Thoughts? Was it seen but not heard? Isn't that what we? Oh, maybe uh, that's what it was. I think I think we came up with that last time. I can't seen remember. but not heard like that, or heard but not seen. I guess that would make more sense since <laughs> it's invisible. Yeah, and we're doing audio podcast. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so. What we're talking about next month, we will be discussing DC The New Frontier. Is it DC The New Frontier? Or is it like a Justice League The New Frontier? Um, it could be. It's, 
I think it's technically called the new frontier. Just the new frontier. Yeah, and DC just is, you know. Yeah, they they got put their name on it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Um, and then we're also we will also be starting the segment that replaced um Swamp Studies and Dead Air, uh, in which we will be reading some uh Invisibles by Grant Morrison. So those are the two books we'll be talking about next month. But what we will be talking about today. And this is a good time to pull out my notes. Your phone charges quick, Melanie. It does on that on that charger. It does, yeah. But oh, that's probably not good on the battery, then, is it? What if it charges so quick on that compared to other ones? The rapid. No, charger. no. I I think it's fine. I I hate it when it takes forever on other chargers. All right, but the pull list for this month was Crisis on Infinite Earths, written by Marv Wolfman, penciled by George Perez. Uh, the pencilers. Did I list that twice? Inked by Dick uh, Giordano, uh, Jerry Ordway, <clears throat> Ordway, Mike DiCarlo, lettered by John Costanza, and colored by Anthony Tallinn, uh, Tom uh, Zuko, and Carl Gafford. Why do I include oh, all the names? Uh, why do I include all the titles? Because I'm so bad at names. <laughs> yeah, but you try, and that's I want to. I want to give them credit, especially like you know. Um, colorists and inkers and letterers like kind of uh notoriously have been neglected in a lot of credits and things and this is a ridiculously ambitious project so huge this was released initially as a 12 issue limited series from 1985 to 1986 this is like the first huge event yeah this is like the huge retcon event like we've seen them pretty much ever since but I don't know if we've ever had a retcon event like this previous to this. So the whole reason for this, I mean, basically, this was produced to simplify DC's continuity, which at that point was 50 years old. So they were like, it's a huge event to try to clean up 50 years of just doing whatever. Yeah. Like a lot of characters like had conflicting backstories that would uh, they jump back and forth on. Um, it was just, it was the Wild West. <laughs> the Wild West. Literally. Jonah Hicks was there. I seen him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, coming to it, what's your guys' experiences with it? Um, had you read it? What was your, like, coming to it, what was your thoughts? My thoughts were, th- there's going to be a, a lot of people that I don't know, and I'm going to get confused a couple times, but I can push through it. <laughs> that was what i that's, was doing i think that's fair yeah at it. uh-huh it was one that i put off for a while um and i i have read this like in the past i mean i didn't just read it for the show i had read it previously and uh you know i had that same feeling going into it. it's like this is a classic part of dc's history and i really should it's always referenced it's it's a huge thing that is like there's pre-crisis post-crisis you know like new 52 pre-52 i mean like that's it's like a landmark Mm -hmm. so i felt like i needed to read it and i wasn't sure what i was getting when i started and so i had some trepidation but um yeah so i guess that's that explains how i felt going in was i was like i don't know if i'm gonna get everything yeah, I had not read this before, and and yeah, like a lot of the stuff you were saying, it was something like it's such a big um, hallmark, or or you know, it's such a big part of the DC continuity, uh, like literally, directly, 
yeah. all about yeah. the DC continuity. Um, but I, I knew I wanted to read it at some point. And I was kind of excited to read it. I When I seen it was something like 360 pages, I was like, oh, j- a little concerned just because, you know, we have, I mean, we had a month, but yeah, reading longer stuff on a deadline adds a little bit of like pressure. But yeah, I, I, I was, I was excited to read it. Well, when I approached it, it's because I had a gap and I needed to fill that gap. And I was like, yeah, I'm excited to, I, I'm ex- excited to cross this one off the old uh, list of shame, really. So mm-hmm. I imagine you were probably feeling some of that where it's like, I've always meant to get to this and now I have a good excuse to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I had not always meant to get to this, but I, it's, it's nice to, uh, fill in some things that other things I've read have brought up, you know what I mean? Right, right. So I guess that's, that's it does make other things make sense a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. For me reading through this after, you know, being familiar with more immediate recent modern DC stuff, reading through this a lot of things clicked in other stuff I've read where I've been like, Oh, that was a reference to this, or that's where this came from. Like there was a lot of those moments reading through this. Right. Yeah. And I knew going in, I knew like, because I'd heard some of the backstory about it. Like I knew the purpose of it was to do this. And I knew the end goal was it was going to consolidate. Well, cause this is now 30 years old, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. 80, 85 and 86. It's been referenced back to like incredible amounts of times. Well, it's it's kind of interesting because so they I mean, they've done like lots of crossovers and different stuff like that. But between universes and whatnot. But this was like their first huge event that dealt with continuity and trying to clean stuff up. And it took them 50 years before they finally did it. And then within the and then since they've done it in the last 30 years, there's been uh, like three <laughs> three more of them yeah three more of these events um directly like related to the crisis thing and others well, and i, big I think i think part of that is that this was successful for the most part like when they did this it was kind of a, the first time it had ever been done and kind of like oh is this possible can we do this and then when they saw it was possible they're like oh well all we have to do is that again something i didn't realize is that this pretty much stuck for like 20 years it wasn't till what like 2005 when they started doing i want to say when they started doing more crisis events and stuff like that yeah infinite crisis ties directly into it it's like a sequel Mm -hmm. oh when like identity crisis is not really related but sort of related in that it just changed the identity of things a little bit and i guess i guess zero year when was that because that that's when they started uh, oh, yeah. toying with it again and i only know that from researching dc continuity stuff. that zero year was not long after um the death of superman death and return because so some ni- yeah 90s sometime only reason i know that is because superboy tied into it mm-hmm. so yeah okay so let's get let's get into this story specifically this is gonna be i mean in in thinking of how to summarize this i was like there's so much, but then again, like there's a lot, like there's a lot of narration. There's a lot of stuff that happens, but when you boil it down plot wise, it's not really a lot. It's just a lot of characters reacting to stuff. It's a lot of characters yeah. reacting to, to reacting to stuff. It's a lot of people repeating the same thing over and over again. 
It's uh, it's Lord of the Rings with its ending. There's like four <laughs> of them, I swear. Um, and it's over. No, now it's over. But no, now it is. Even though there are four endings, or however many there actually are, it the end it was a lot easier for me. There the the second half was easier for me than the first half. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I felt a little I felt uh in that respect kind of the same. The first hundred pages yeah. was a little tougher going, but once once like the threat like was basically once there's several stages and once the stage in which the earths are like kind of boiled down to five earths and they're interlocked and like you've got just battle after battle happening, mm-hmm. it started to roll much quicker for me at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, and you had to you have to remember that um Remember when we were reading Saga, the Swamp Thing, for our rotating segment? Um, the monitor shows up before the pre, you know, like pre-crisis. Mm-hmm. You know, like like just to get us used to the idea that this thing is coming. You know, uh, the monitor started popping up in different um, books. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like there's a little bit of a prelude to this that we didn't get in that first half because it's been happening for like mm-hmm. a year. They were building up to it. It's got a lot of the trademarks, some good, some bad, of your usual big, huge crossover book. A big event book. Asterixes everywhere? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's not so bad in that, like, you're missing chunks of the story because you didn't read this tie-in. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I'm sure you are, but you're not missing any, like, integral to the main plot story. I don't know. There, there, there was that one part where some blue guy and uh, some other tomorrow guy disappeared and we don't know how they got back well see that's and that's another <laughs> well they're not yeah but that's not all that i know I was, I was just but the blue guy the blue devil that's uh-huh. that's one moment and i kind of noted it was that's when i noticed they were started to do the uh here's a character we're gonna pull this character in he's gonna be in it for maybe an issue or a couple pages and then we're just gonna put him over here in some weird situation and be like if you want to find out what happens to him by by blue devil number 17 yeah. and that's when i was like Oh, okay. Oh, man. I hope it doesn't get heavy with that. And it did it several times, mm-hmm. but it wasn't too bad. But there are definitely a lot of, like, launching off characters over here and over there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I mean, that's that's what these books do. That's yeah. the purpose. But it was there. I noticed it. But it wasn't super distracting because it didn't happen all that often. Mm-hmm. Do we want to talk about exactly what happens? I mean, or I guess broad strokes. You almost have to because if you try to if you try to follow every single plot thread in this thing, holy cow. There are, and I was looking up like summaries and stuff like that. There are some fantastic, well-detailed articles and stuff that break down every issue. And I was like, because I was looking to try to figure out how to summarize. Because I was like, oh, well, there's 12 issues. We could break it down like that. And everything I found was like pages and pages of summary for one issue, per issue. And I was like, oh, no, this is too much. Yeah. But there's, I mean, it's, it was interesting reading. There's like good resources out there for, if you, for whatever reason, don't want to read it, but want to get the skinny. Like there's a lot of good reading out there. Or if you read it and you're still confused. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well that too. Broad strokes. And if I get something out of order, jump in. Mm-hmm. Antimatter or, you know, you find out it's like antimatter is essentially swallowing up universe after universe. And that all like comes from like, they start at the beginning of the universe. Like how the universe is created uh, creates this antimatter universe. Mm-hmm. And it is more powerful than the regular universe because the regular universe is split into a multiverse. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it's a lot harder to stop the antimatter universe because it's like our power's been uh, split because there's so many universes. There was never supposed to be a multiverse. Like that was a funny trick of the birth of the, uni- of the universe. Um, and so there should have been a positive universe and a negative universe. And there, it didn't quite pan out that way. So the negative universe is at full strength and he's hungry. I thought that was a weird angle to take. I mean, I like the concept, but it's just like right off the bat, they're like, there's only supposed to be one universe, but it split into the multiverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, why was there? Why? Like, why? Yeah. It did start off as one universe. And then some guy did something he wasn't supposed to. And then some other guy that cries like a chick all the time did something he wasn't supposed to. And, oh, boy. Yeah. And then, you know. Oh, pariah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. I knew. I knew. <laughs> He did. Uh, I, I was telling Melanie just today about our conversation about how she would react to certain characters in the book. I seriously, literally, I literally thought it was a, a chick. I'm like, why is this chick crying the whole time? Yeah. Well, because he starts at the very beginning of the book, <laughs> of the of the whole story. It's like, oh, we get to meet this guy, and he's a winner. Yeah. You'd think, okay, you know, oh, I see these, I see all these worlds dying all the time, blah, blah, blah. Well, you think you get used to it and stop crying about it after a couple hundred or something, you know? Jeez. Okay, so okay, so what we're talking about now is so these worlds are getting swallowed up or disintegrated or just dis- the whole universe absorbed. Is- yeah. <laughs> um, and basically, every bit of the positive matter universes that gets swallowed up by this uh, goes to strengthen the antimatter universe. But every time a world's about to be destroyed, and it's always Earth. Earth's very important. Yeah. all the time it's, it's a nexus and earth is earth one right well all of the earths <laughs> let's get into that no, uh, uh, not. <laughs> and but per, this this character pariah shows up is like teleported to this place as it's d- getting destroyed and he has to watch it get destroyed then he's teleported to the next one and watch that get destroyed so he's very upset all that's time. his whole point i yeah. guess i'd be upset too if that was like my whole thing and he can't die he just has to do this i i no, I'd be like Groundhog's Day guy. I Phil or no, I don't know whatever his name is. I'd be like, oh, another world. I'm gonna go eat a bunch of donuts and get drunk and I don't know, drive <laughs> fast cars or something. Might as well. I mean, especially if you know this. Like yeah. on page, I don't know if it's page one, but you're like, as soon as we meet him, we kind of get his shtick, and it's like, uh-huh. oh, I'm so sad. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have a lot emo of- before there was emo. <laughs> he <doesn't- laughs> yeah, he doesn't seem to have a lot of time though. Like, he shows up as it's happening, and then gets whisked yeah. away. Uh, yeah, I guess. But sometimes it seems like he's there for a little bit. Like, people are freaking out, but, it, you know. He shows up with enough time for people to accuse him of being responsible. Which is right. actually kind of funny when you think about it, because, yeah. spoilers, jump ahead, he is directly responsible. Yeah, that's why he's in the situation he's in. Yeah. At some point, we're also introduced to the Monitor, who, right. mm-hmm. uh, who lives in the positive universe side of things. Uh-huh. Or... Well, his spaceship at times is in like this weird between universe space time. Oh yeah, what yeah. do they call that? Like the Netherverse or something? Yeah, it's basically somewhere where it can't be destroyed until it's plot convenient. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, um, that's how a lot of things work in here. But like, there's so like you don't really question it because it's just like there's so much. Right. Something's always being destroyed because comic books. Because comic books. Yeah. And he's got some deal worked out with, or he's got, he's got this, this girl that he's raised and she has powers kind of to be the heart, the heart, harbinger. Harbinger. Yeah. 
and then he finds a boy that he raises and well, okay. oh yeah well, that starts right off the bat yeah so the boy we mentioned is uh was that earth three it's uh wherever the uh crime syndicate is yeah from. i think it was earth three where like lex luther's a good guy mm-hmm. and, and married boy, to lois lane yep and they have a son alexander and he's the sole survivor of earth three he gets sent away to another universe because Lex has this technology, but it's kind of a very Superman-y type situation. It's exactly a Superman-y situation. Which is fun. I like yeah. that. It made me think of Red Sun Superman. I just just because it did. I was like, oh, that's where they got that idea. That's and you know, I guess if a, a cynical person could think, you know, it's cutesy. But that's for me a lot of the fun of like these like the alternate universes and stuff like that is to take these like these things you know mm-hmm. and just like tweak them a bit. It's a very mm-hmm. Superman situation, only instead of Krypton, it's Earth. Instead of, like, Superman's parents, it's Lex Luthor, like that in its own self. But he gets shot to, I guess, Earth-1 or somewhere, but basically the Monitor gathers him. Yeah. And he yeah. grows to be a, a, a... He grows quickly, for yeah. some reason. Well, he hibernates in his little pod, because he landed on some unmanned satellite or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, So he's there for, like, a long, long time, I think. Before the monitor goes and gets him. Was that the deal? Because I thought he grew quick. He did once they got him. But okay. initially okay. he stayed in like stasis as a an infant for many years until they were ready. And then they're like, oh, we better go get this kid so he can grow up real quick. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they knew he was going to grow that fast. But if he hadn't, they'd have been you know screwed. Cause, yeah. But um, uh, and he, he when he went and he shot through the multiverse to this one, something weird happened to his uh genetics i don't know whatever he's basically like he's coming from yeah i mean he earth 3 was a was a positive matter universe but in mm-hmm. shooting through he's basically kind of been bound with antimatter and matter like mm-hmm. he's made of both and Which that kind is, of gives him some type of power and stuff yeah he can defy the laws of physics it, yeah and you know later on he, he he can teleport people or he can set up uh portals between the anti he- He's, universe he's a living rainbow bridge yeah yeah <laughs> uh, um so oh man what people are fighting what happens next <laughs> there's that's like the whole that's my summary of the book people are fighting what well, happens what's going on now now the monitor has oh, yeah. has his his children that he's raised up to help him fight so now he can go and kidnap superheroes from various times and and earths and other probably planets in different universes Make a super earth to make a well, no, to make it to make a super team. Oh yeah, a super Earth. A super, that's, well, never, that's never been done before. Yeah. <laughs> to and then he's like, okay, now I can tell all of you that uh, this guy's gonna try and kill you all. Well, he's kind of trying to collect like the most powerful. Like he's like, okay, Superman from Earth One is the most powerful, so that's the one we definitely need. Yeah, but he's got a couple Supermans, doesn't he? Doesn't he have Superman from Earth Two the, too? There ends up with being three of them in the long run. Uh huh. But I think one of them just pops out of nowhere for no reason and is there. Still less Superman than are in the comics currently. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. There's so many Supermen right now. Oh. Uh, but I don't even necessarily think it's always the strongest people. He has like weird reasons for why he needs different people. Oh yeah, because Ted Cord Blue Beetle. <laughs> yeah and he's in there like constantly and there's several times where there's batman and his uh family-ish people that are like what can we do we don't have any powers <laughs> you know at one point now we're jumping way ahead but since we're thinking you know it, i'm thinking about it 
there's a huge battle where they literally like we need the most powerful superheroes and we're going to send you to this send you back to fight uh this the villain robin's there batman and robin are there oh yeah and robin asks batman we don't have any superpowers what can we do and it's like if you want to throw batman in there fine it's still kind of a stretch because he's not really in a position to be that helpful because mm-hmm. it's really just they need brute strength but why is robin there yeah like <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really make sense for either of them to be there maybe they're gonna do like uh backflips all around and draw the gunfire away from the other guys while they're doing things. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's really, it is pretty weird. It was almost a very like Batman 66 kind of thing where they where it's like, what do we do, Batman? And he's like, well, we just offer support in any way we can. Yeah. It's, Robin. And you know, it kind of felt like a lot of the, I mean, this is 85. This is when comics were starting to kind of get dark again. Yeah. But it's interesting because you do get a mix of like the hammy characters and through a lot of this batman almost feels like he falls on the more hammy side well that's when he's in it. but when you're talking about the kind of things that they're doing he doesn't have all his all his tools and gadgets to play with which is part of what makes him cool he gives i want to say it's the first time batman shows up joker it cuts to this bit it's when flash appears randomly mm-hmm. and joker's there and joker's being just super cheesy joker and batman flies in with this one-liner that I made an, when I read it, I made an audible like, oh, dude, what are you, I, yeah. what are you doing? Like, I can't think of what it is offhand, but I was like, holy crap. Okay, so they're taking, yeah, this is mm-hmm. an older style Batman. Yeah. And it seemed like, okay, there were a lot of characters, obviously, but it seems like they had, you know, they had a handful of like strong peoples that they used a lot. And, and then some lesser strong people that they used here and there and then they'd have like dozens of random superheroes that would just like run up like you guys are fighting what should i do yeah uh, everywhere there are so many characters mm-hmm. there's all the characters and they kept moving them around and i'm like okay i don't know where they're at or what they're doing anymore at points in time not not always but at a couple couple different times um meanwhile here meanwhile there when the you mentioned the flash showing up but he's not just like showing up like oh it's the flash Oh, how's it going, Barry? It's like he's like a zombie almost. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or he, turn, he turns into a zombie. He's in different he's... states of like literal decay. He yeah. looks yeah. terrible. That's one of the most awesome. Like he disintegrates before uh-huh. the eyes of Batman. Dear mm-hmm. God, what is happening? Yeah. 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 And he's obviously, you know, he needs help. And um, so early on in the book, he appears to to Batman and somebody else to a couple at a couple different points in time. Oh man! And then later in the book. After the readers got to the point where, okay, yeah, I mean, we, we, we're jumping so much stuff. It's so hard to keep this straight because, like, we totally missed uh, Psycho Pirate. Oh man! Well, he he was one of the gaggle of guys. Yeah, but he, he becomes like one of the people that he, Monitor like needed to have created, basically. Yeah. So it's see because we're getting to a point where it's hard to really break down what's going on in broad strokes because until stuff really is rolling. It's like um, different characters kind of just coming in contact with each other and the monitors pulling these people in and these people are like, I don't want to work with this guy. He's a bad guy. And, you know, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. Not in a bad way. It's just, you know, lots of lots of stuff like that without any obvious central goal other than everything's being destroyed. I have a plan. Stop fighting amongst yourselves. Yeah. 
we discover that this other character, this the, the villain is it's basically anti monitor. It's mm-hmm. the, it's this anti anti matter universe version of monitor. Um, he also has he has some type of power on uh, the har- 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 harbinger. Is that am I saying oh, that yeah. right? He, yeah, Harbin. yeah. Okay. He um took control of one of her aspects of herself. So when she reconstituted into one person, he was there. Yeah, she kind of has cool, weird, on specific powers, but it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So he's got control over her. Uh, and they set up real, you know, real quick after that that like she he wants her to kill the monitor. Yeah. And they kind of tell up they they kind of um uh you see that one coming. Yeah, like, they give it away right away. She eventually does kill the monitor, but the monitor's got a big plan, which includes this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not a surprise to him. Right. In fact, his, it wouldn't work if, it, if she didn't. And when the, when the destruction is coming to the Earth, the Earth, everything goes haywire. They get the red skies, which I have a feeling I remember that showing up in Swamp Thing. And I really like how Swamp Thing handled all that. Because Swamp Thing, when this stuff was going on or the ramp up to this, that's when it was like something's wrong. And all this evil stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. And this, they didn't really play on this evil stuff at all. It wasn't really affecting people. It was affecting time and the universe and the weather and stuff. Yeah. But the weather goes haywire. And then eventually stuff gets destroyed. But um, like his ultimate plan to save the universes or to save the universe is uh, to create those like tuning fork things on each earth. So that he can kind of stabilize. Yeah. So he can match up their vibrations. Yeah. Yeah, that's when it starts coming together, right? When the yeah. universes start coming together. Yeah. Because then he basically, he's able to save like X number of Earths. And they're kind of locked together. But they also overlap. You've got overlapping Earths where it's not just the different like realities or the different universes overlapping. But time itself has gone crazy. And you've got overlapping time period so you've got dinosaurs mixed with um modern well 1985 modern cities mixed with futuristic stuff um mm-hmm. and that stuff was awesome like it i like the look of it it was yeah. wild yeah and i get to introduce lots more characters at that point in time too uh-huh the beginning was all set up and he, he put out these machines and they're defending these machines while they wait for and the thing that you're waiting for for it to get rolling is for him to die so you're just waiting for her to go ahead and kill him already yeah, you're kind of right. So we can get on with it. Yeah, and there's a lot of, like, the Harbinger sends, um, you know, takes in the monitor, t- sends uh, he- groups of heroes to guard these machines at different points in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of this chunk of, that chunk of book is this. Yeah. So you get, I mean, you get interesting team-ups and stuff, but yeah, there's just a lot of characters. Mm-hmm. And for characters you don't know, I mean, you, there's a lot of, characters in the background that it doesn't focus on but they're there but there's this is also kind of like an interesting introduction for a lot of little characters and stuff yeah like so if you care at all about westerns they have western superheroes if you you care about the you know world war ii they've got some world war ii heroes they've got any any hero you want (laughs) they get a whole page of just brainiac yeah (laughs) yeah and then finally she kills him and they and the tuning forks work because it's his life force that powers them and bring them together, but they still have to figure out how to keep them from totally merging so they don't all explode. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. If they all merge completely, it's like that. Yeah, you know, like what was the this, ultimate goal then? If was it, if it was just if they merged at the wrong time, it would explode. I or everything I, would be destroyed. 
I'm not entirely certain because I was I was thinking it was under the principle that you can't have the same matter occupy the same space at the same time, kind of a thing. Um, but mm. I I don't know really. Maybe maybe it was more like I can't really fine tune these frequent frequency vibration things because um you know I don't know I don't have that good of an ear. So you know, <laughs> in the long- tone deaf, my monitor I can see all, but I'm tone deaf as heck. Yeah. In the <laughs> in the long run, whatever the monitor's huge plan was, it both succeeded but also failed. Yes. Yeah. It. God, I wish he would have just said what it was. Yeah. But you know, they do the thing where it's like it's all part of the plan, and you've got to keep this going and the mystery. And no, you you can tell the story, just not when she's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like don't listen to this part. Why? But uh, <laughs> you know why? <laughs> I can read your thought balloons, and you're constantly thinking about how you don't want to kill me, but you do. Yeah, it, oh, yeah. Mariah, I need to cry. Oh god. Oh, and somewhere <laughs> along along the way, I don't know if it's before he gets killed or after he gets killed, but right around that time, the uh, monitor. I initially, I think you think he killed a couple of characters. One of them being Psycho Pirate that uh, Jesse mentioned earlier. Who can oh, uh, yeah. influence influence people's emotions? And wasn't there somebody else too? Yeah, it's Red Tornado and and Psycho Pirate, right? Yeah, but the Red Tornado. Oh, Red Tornado didn't ever get fixed. No, but the, he messed with Red Tornado, so it wasn't really Red Tornado anymore. It was like just a- anti Red or something. Anti Red Tornado. <laughs> the Psycho Pirate was an interesting situation because he got pulled in by the positive monitor, for lack of a better word. Because at one point, yeah, and call- given given his abilities, so that he could kind of be like a force for like calming people down, I think. Yeah, and then he ends up getting uh, essentially more or less recruited, more or yeah, less recruited, yeah, yeah, by the anti monitor. And the anti monitor, honestly, they only mentioned rec- they only referred to him as the anti monitor a couple times. Most of the time, they just also called him monitor. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. Because in the anti world, you're not anti; you're just you. That's true. I, Psycho Pirate was really interesting. I've never like he kind of plays a big part. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Or at least he's in there a lot, sniveling. Yeah. He, he's been, his origins are basically in this book. Yeah, I don't think any of it would have worked without him, though. Several yeah. times he he had a huge effect on on what happened. Well, see, he I just don't think it would have went quite the same because for the most part, when he's actually when he's actually doing what the anti monitor wanted him to do. I guess he wanted him to do something with Flash too, but uh, he was controlling these Earths, at least three of these Earths. Uh-huh. But all he was doing was making people freak out and fight each other. So if mm-hmm. he wasn't there, then it, they just wouldn't have been freaking out and fighting each other. That's not the part that I was talking about, though. What? Where, okay. The part where the Flash has him. Oh well, yeah, but that's not the. <laughs> what I mean is that's not. Yeah, I guess you're right, but that's not the anti-monitor's plan. No, in fact, he doesn't get to. If he had. To, that's one of my favorite. Parts, Done the, the anti monitors plan. Things would have worked out very differently. A whole bunch of stuff happening. People are fighting. There's shadow creatures that are the anti monitors, essentially henchmen that come and attack. There's just so much. Mm-hmm. There really is a lot of because I had c- completely forgot sitting down to talk about this. I had completely forgot about the machines, and that ate up like a huge portion of the book was them the m- heroes trying to defend these machines. Yeah, Har- Harbinger, Lex Luthor's kid. Uh, from the other universe and a couple other people were on his big spaceship ball thing and they're like well we still have to figure out these other two planets and we have to keep everything from exploding and i'll you know save the day and then the monitor starts attacking them so they have to like 
very quickly save themselves and figure something out. So the Harbinger runs off and somehow uses her powers to take these other two planets away and put them with the three so that there are all five of them are together. And Lex Luthor's kid is on an asteroid somewhere by himself and then everybody else escapes somehow. The Harbinger loses her powers. It makes the Anti-Monitor very angry that this has happened and he goes to um his home is it his planet or just his his big weapon thing yeah this is when the psycho guy comes into play do whatever the monitor wanted okay to do. so at this point has his attempt to destroy the machines or whatever the heck he was trying to do with the shadow creatures has that failed yes and he's moving on to apparently plan b where he's making this big destructive he, yeah he has like device. a big antimatter gun thing that he's building. So he's been thwarted once somehow. Yes. Okay. By by they took all the planets and moved them together. The the machine did its job for the two or however many, and uh-huh. then she did the rest. The Harbinger. Because there's at a point where things aren't fixed, but the vibration situation is stabilized to where everything kind of mellows out. There's still time overlapping. Yeah, in certain areas. Is that this point? Yes. Okay. All right. But they're still going to blow up eventually. They have to do something about that. They have to do something, but people of the Earths are like, Oh, everything's cool now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's have some UN hearings. Those improve every comic book. Yeah, property. I don't understand why they even bother. <laughs> we still can't trust each other, but anyway. Um. Oh, well, and at that point, though, Brainiac and Lex Luthor, like our Lex, kind of become more prominent in the story. Like, they're planning something. Yeah. They obviously are. They're bad guys to the core. Yeah, and this is where we kind of start to get, hey, there's this big thing threatening everybody, but we're going to start a war because we're villains. <laughs> and they see it as their opportunity. Yeah, they see it as their opportunity to um take over. Yeah. They're like everybody the heroes are weakened from like fighting for us and getting us to this point. It's our time to step in and take over. Yeah. And it's worse than that even because Lex and uh Brainiac, yeah, are really really bad guys and they're like so most of our guys will die, but that's okay because we don't want to come up petition anyway. So, we might win. Or we might not, but it doesn't matter. We'll still be able to take over. I really like Brainiac and Lex duo. Yeah. Well, they're super intelligent. Mm-hmm. I mean, one's a computer, literally. Yeah. But I like their I like their their talk about the percentages of like likelihood yeah. and the like. They're just both cold and calculated. Uh huh. I wonder if this is where they seed all of those crossovers. You know, like you see that happen in a lot of the um. A lot of the crossover, well, I don't know if it's even crossover, but a lot of the Superman stories that come post-crisis, you get some kind of Lex and Brainiac crossover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in the animated series, you get it in, you know, like everything has it. And I wonder if this is the first time that it happened or if it happened before the, the crisis. I don't know if that helps the discussion at all, but it's just a like a, a curiosity. They do make an interesting duo. And between the two, you actually get like you get to see Lex's humanity, or at least I mean it's not like a good humanity. He's still a bad dude, but you get to see how that influences his his intellect. So it's interesting uh, pairing him up with somebody who's literally a cold, calculated machine. So you still, you know, he comments on it once, I think, a couple times, I think. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I just liked I like their their team yeah. up. Yeah. Now, does this happen? I'm trying to remember. Does this team up happen before or after they assemble their own little group that includes two Supermans and Uncle Sam, and there, that all leads to Supergirl? Um. Well. Oh the, yeah. When does that even happen? Oh, this oh, is a mess. I'm, hold on. Let me, <laughs> okay. So while Sorry, I'm jumping wh- while they're doing their thing, 
Brainiac and, and uh-huh. Lex and the bad guys. Uh-huh. The superheroes are down there just doing their superhero thing on their worlds. This is when, uh, what's his Flash escapes and grabs psycho pirate guy mm-hmm. and uses him on all, uh, and uses him on all of the anti, anti monitors henchmen uh-huh. to make them want to kill him. Mm-hmm. And so while they're trying to kill him, Flash runs really fast around the, the antimatter cannon. This is where he goes back in time and you see him disintegrate and he saves the day by blowing that thing up. That's one of my favorite moments. It That's is one of the first like notes I took down was uh flash speed uh psycho pirate drive by. Yeah. So, so uh, <laughs> that's a great it's a great uh pseudo title right there. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, the, I mean it's a drive by so psycho pirating. It is. Uh, uh he because he, okay, so the uh anti monitor's got a bunch of like big big eyed weird um henchmen building his machine and the flash the flash breaks out and takes a uh, psycho pirate who I don't even think we said Psycho Pirate's power is basically if you look at his face, he can like cause <laughs> you to feel these emotions, fear, joy, whatever he wants. I mean, that's pretty much it. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And he feeds off their emotions, too, somehow, I think. Yeah, it's some type of weird thing. He gets weird enjoyment out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also seems to feel what they feel sometimes. I don't know. It's It's strange. So the Flash gets free. He's like, you know, basically kind of like fights against psycho pirates power and threatens him. He's like, you're going to, okay, listen, you're going to do this. And he pulls a fast one. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and he basically he's like, has psycho pirate tell he, he tells psycho pirate to make all these, uh, all the henchmen, uh, hate the anti-monitor and want to murder the anti-monitor. And he does this by like flying by them at flash speeds at, with the, with the psycho pirate right in front of their face. And I don't know. It just struck me as so funny. Yeah, he's like carrying him, running around. I think at one point he's even cradling his head, you know, as he runs around with him. Yeah, uh, it's it's it is pretty funny. It that was one of the best parts. And then yeah, the flash disintegration was like he's, he's, it reminds me a lot of the um the one where Superman gets hit by the nuclear bomb. Like they just get all skeletal and uh-huh. funky, but then he actually does disintegrate. So and this moment is very much like i mean it's very much like they pulled from this for the um season two flash finale Mm -hmm. where his time remnant has to run around the thing until he like disintegrates yeah pretty much that happens to the regular straight up barry allen yeah yeah he's got to run around this thing and it's during that point where he's disintegrating where he's flashing through different flashing to, to different time periods and that's where you had seen him appearing to batman and and Barry and, and and Wally, Wally. Oh, Wally, my bad. No, yeah. it's okay. And they play that like so. That happens early in the book. You see the flashes, so that when you read this, you're like, oh, okay, that's when that happened. Blah blah blah. But then when it's like when Wally's just after Wally's really like he's dead. Blah blah blah. The Anti Monitor said he's dead. Then you get another flash of him of the Flash mm-hmm. jumping back through times for that extra like gut punch on Wally. Yeah, just like yeah, you just realized he's dead. Now we're gonna show him to you again. Well, at least he didn't <laughs> see the disintegration of him. Yeah, Wally got a more healthier look. Yeah, yeah. But um, so after the thing it blows up, that's when the Anti Monitor goes back to his planet and he's gathering strength from um. All the other, he like basically kills every other planet in the anti universe mm. to absorb their power. Yeah. And that's when the 
I don't know who realizes it, but the good guys are like, Lex, Brainiac, stop what you're doing. We all need a team together. We got to stop him or we're all going to die. So they do. And this is big elaborate thing where some of them go there and have to fight his planet and then him. Um, is this the Supergirl fight? Yes. Okay. This is the Supergirl fight. Yeah. So now they have, they've resolved the issue with the fighting amongst the villains. Yeah, because they had to join forces to be able to accomplish this. Okay, so, and the villain stuff, like, I understand why it's there. And, you know, I mean, the story's kind of convoluted. And it feels like there's a lot of things that happen that don't need to, Mm -hmm. like the whole villain fight. But, I mean, it's not bad story writing because out of the villain fight, like, things, like, still happen. Mm -hmm. Like, Lex and Brainiac, who come back later, they kind of come into the story during this whole villain moment. Yeah. And then that threads throughout the rest of the story and also like all this extra stuff i mean it the scope of this feels huge mm-hmm. and well, I hate, yeah it's like from the beginning of time on literally yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and then this i i this whole bit was cool because they get to his whatever it is it's basically this massive uh planet-sized castle asteroid situation mm-hmm. that it, basically the rocks are all alive and attack the heroes when they come in mm-hmm. and so they're just fighting their way through the whole thing and the big moment here is they're fighting the anti-monitor and uh, Superman gets hurt. And I like the bit where he gets hit. I think it's during this moment where, and it's, 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 it's um, the younger Superman, not Superboy, but the younger of the two Superman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He gets hurt and he's like, ow, that, that really, that was really painful. <laughs> and then he's like, blood. It's one of those moments where I'm like, you know, yeah, yeah. Superman throws a shoe, honestly. <laughs> And I, it kind of amuses me. I guess I get, uh, I don't know, it's kind of demented, I guess. But anytime Superman, like, doesn't have his full, like, invulnerability uh-huh. and he gets hurt, he seems like such a wuss because yeah. he's not used yeah. to the pain. And I get a little secret thrill. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I guess it's a little Lex Luthor attitude, just like, that's what you get. You're not better than us. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> it- You're really a big wuss. You just happen to have powers. Yeah. You just lucked out. Exactly. But it's true. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, yeah, if I couldn't get shot by bullets or, you know, stabbed by knives, I'd be just as cool as you. But I have pain and I die. Oh. So this sets off, basically, this is what really sets off Supergirl. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my cousin. And she freaks out and basically resolves. And, you know, you see it coming. And she, she wears a headband, too. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. So <laughs> I really like her outfit, except that headband. She looks so 80s. But one thing I noticed is I like how her cape comes around and is like connected to like two of the side uh, slots on the um, S logo. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was kind of a cool design. The headband. What is what is if we're going to if we're going to discuss outfits and such. Can I just mention what is that fiery chick's name? Uh, Fiery chick that was hanging out with other fiery people, whatever. She gets in an explosion, right? She's a, her her powers involve fire. Um, uh, Starfire. Yeah. Uh, her outfit burns off. Why would you wear an outfit that is not flame retardant when one of your power or your power is flames? She's just it, it does makes no sense at all. <laughs> and then she like creates her own outfit, and I'm like, why wouldn't you just do that in the first place? You know, so you know, I don't know. Maybe your fire wouldn't catch it on fire. <laughs> it was just a, a stupid moment to me but anyway let's go uh here's my specific here's my exact note okay 
Supergirl's cape is cool, but headband headband is whack. <laughs> <laughs> Wiggity whack, son. And that's followed by drive by psycho pirating. But she, yeah, she fights the monitor and she dies. Mm-hmm. He kills her, but she hurts him a lot. And this inspires um, the female Doctor Light. They say that a lot. Yeah, it's basically the new Doctor yeah. Light. Yeah, is a woman, but a lot of people refer refer to her as the female Doctor Light. Yeah. Well, yeah. Kara doesn't kill him. He kills her though. But he's hurt. But they think he's dead. But he's not. So then Doctor Light has to absorb the suns, which takes away his power. But, by the way, get used to. They think he's dead, but he's not. Exactly. It's like four times. <laughs> yeah. She attacks him. They he gets hurt. They think he's dead, but he's not. Um. Then all of the magic people get to start in. Isn't that this time? Uh, they do it twice. But sure. I think they they shoot some magic over there, and uh, it hurts him. They think he's dead, but he's not. And then they destroy his little planet thing, and and then everybody goes home. Basically, there. Yeah, there was some three. The Supermans kept being like they were going to stay back and fight, and they did have to like punch him a couple times. And he got hurt, but he didn't die. And uh, at the end, they were like, oh, the window's closed and we better go. And then they all left. Yeah. And that's when, okay, maybe that's when everything kind of calms down and everybody's like, everything's weird, but better. Okay. I'll say right now, I enjoyed it. But upon thinking back, that is a criticism because I liked all these big, crazy things. There's a big, crazy thing. And then this and a, a lull, a big, crazy thing. But it becomes repetitive. Yeah. Even if these things are different that's happening, it becomes super huge, crazy thing. Everything's kind of okay. Oh, but it's not. And then do it again. Yeah. Well, they do it two more times at least. At least. So I don't know what happens when they go back. I don't really think much of anything happens when they go back. Uh, And then they have to fight him again. So Wait, is this the beginning of the time thing? Yeah. They somehow figure out that he's affecting things. I think it says something to do with the sky or I don't know. They figure it out. And it's, he is traveling back to the beginning of time. So they have to travel back to the beginning of time and fight him. And. Okay. But this is where the guardians come in and whatnot, right? Yeah. 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 Because this is, they get freed after that one, that last battle with him, with him, right? Yes. Because for the most part, most part, the, uh, the masters or whatever they call them are incapacitated or imprisoned by some type of they're, energy that happens yeah, they're in stasis somehow yeah that happens way early in the book and then doesn't come back up till like now mm-hmm. like 200 pages in yeah. so and i i don't know if they knew the story of the first time that uh somebody did something that they weren't supposed to and messed up the universe but that was one of their guys um Cro- uh, cronus yeah yeah so i like i like this bit coming up where i don't really know why but where they gather a bunch of the heroes up, particularly powerful people and all the time travelers. Uh-huh. And I like the little setup they have where they've got, you know, they've got Rip Hunter was mm-hmm. in it. And um, they've got their various spacecraft or time machines and whatever else. And it's all kind of rigged together using um, the gold metal man, I think. Yeah. Um, They're like. Uh, electricity guys here. Uh, mag- magnetic guys here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I love that bit. And then you also just before like they take off. Um, and the, at this point, the plan is okay. I worry that we're getting bogged too much in the story, but at this point, the plan is uh, basically the anti monitor is now for whatever reason hiding out in the beginning of creation, mm-hmm. and they're gonna send all the heroes, the good guys. Back to the beginning to fight him. At the same time, they're going to send all the villains to uh, way far in the future 
where uh, Pariah, or maybe it wasn't even Pariah, I don't know, they're going to send them to where the whole split thing happened in the first place, the Pariah's experiment, or... Not Pariah's, it was... No, it was, you're right, it was the Master Guy. Yeah, the Master Guy is the one who... Whatever, he looked into some Jeez. magic screen <laughs> and uh, <laughs> saw the anti-monitor's hand, and it was horrible, so it split the universe and created the anti-universe, and... Later, it was the Pariah guy who released him. Pariah, yeah, accidentally unleashed him in the antimatter energies. Right. But so they went to go stop the the one master guy from looking at his screen, basically. Talking this story through is terrible. Yeah. I mean, you're doing a good job. I'm not not complaining about that at all. What I mean is, like, yeah, when you try to break this down, Mm -hmm. it's Our listeners are like, what? I I worry we (laughs) we lost them. You know... You know the thing that I hate about time travel stuff? Okay, they're going to send them to... That was the past, though, still. They're going to send them to the past to stop this guy. But they send them, like, five minutes before it happens instead of, like, I don't know, two months so they can sit down and explain and, and, the whole thing. And wait. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Doesn't make be any ready. sense. Um, and an interesting thing about how it handles... I mean, I guess in a way it makes sense, but what time traveling in this story all throughout, because they're doing it, like through from the beginning, yeah. we're sending people through all different time periods, and maybe it's because you know time's gone haywire and a lot of things are overlapped on top of each other. But it's like everything's happening at the same time, regardless what time period they're in. Yeah. Um. And I don't know if that's just how it seems, or if that's like intentionally like that's how it is. But I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I had that thought too because they had talked talk about people in the future fighting during when like the uh, nothing stuff was eating and everything mm-hmm. and i'm like so is it just like it's eating the worlds or the universes along a timeline or you know like yeah. like like it's yeah a big line and then time is runs in a line parallel to it or something so when it comes in it's getting all the times in the you know a certain direction i don't know and because when earlier when the heroes had to defend all the machines that like were supposed to bring the worlds together uh uh-huh. like, vibrational dampeners or whatever the heck it was they sent the heroes to defend the machines at different periods of time Uh like these machines were placed at different periods of time but it was all a very like coordinated like they had to defend until like it was all timed out the same yeah like at different periods of time it was Uh all like when is the monitor gonna do his next part of the plan like everybody like yeah it's just really strange yeah i agree so they fight the monitor at the beginning of time the villains <laughs> fail, by the way. Yeah, they do. They get stomped, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And they just have the way easier portion of it. But <sighs> but the other people, uh, like lots of people go back. Uh, most of them, I think, just work on getting them back. But then lots of them go back. And then this, I believe, is where the Spectre comes into play, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. That's ultimately how they defeat the Anti-Monitor this time. Yeah, this the time. The Spectre shows up because he can't do anything in the Anti-Matter universe. Right. But he has phenomenal cosmic powers. Yeah. And, yeah. And uh, he can do stuff. He absorbs yeah. uh, all the magic from the other magical peoples. Oh, I forgot. So um, is this after that big mass of shadows have attacked? Or is this before? I think it's... Uh, they attack a couple times. Yeah, I don't know. But there's at one point where everything's like, oh, everything's cool. But then the skies go black for a long time. And then I it's like... I think that's the end, isn't it? I don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's the next one. Much like time in the story, this everything's overlapped. I think that's the I, next I, one. I have no idea. I do believe this time he just 
like they go back and everybody's getting their butts kicked by the anti-monitor until the, the specter gets there. Mm-hmm. And then he uses all the magical powers from the other magical people. And then he kind of stomps him. And then everybody thinks it's good. And it, they wake up the next day and they think that's, it's a dream. That's when... Okay, so that's the battle in which the multiverse actually is done away with. Yes, and it becomes... And it's all... Yeah. Combined to one universe, one Earth. Mm-hmm. And the only people that remember this are the people that went back and fought the anti monitor or the anti monitor at the begin uh, beginning of creation. Yeah, which I have two things to say. Okay, they sent the bad guys to one time and then sent them to the other, but they kept saying they said it at least three times. You can only change the future from the beginning of time. So then, why did they send them to another time? I yeah, I don't know because it's kind of. But at that point, yeah, I don't know because the anti monitor is basically reaching through that portal from the creation from creation to the time that the villains went to go stop the, the guy, the Owen guy. Yeah. Okay, but anyway. <laughs> um, and basically, so after all this, uh, original Superman wakes up. Old, old Superman. Old Superman. The, the first Superman. Mm. Earth 2. Yeah, Earth 2. I mean, the Golden Age Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, single-bound yeah, building leaping guy. Built, he said building leaping. Okay, that's not what it sounded like. <laughs> uh, hangouts, hangouts glitched just enough on the L so that that oh. sounded really weird. <laughs> he, the, what's he doing to that building? <laughs> and you know what? Superman's got the power. He can have his way with whatever building he wants. It's true. If he needs to, yeah. Nobody can stop him. Yellow sun. Uh, so basically, a lot of the, a lot of people, a lot of heroes don't exist anymore. I mean, not a lot. Like the prime, the the main heroes are still there, but there's a lot of people that don't exist. Mm-hmm. Like Earth Two people, all them, like that stuff never happened. Some of it though did get folded into this new universe. Like Jay Garrick is still around, mm-hmm. and he's always existed yeah. in this universe. Old Superman, Golden Age Superman, uh, shouldn't be there. Right. He, uh-huh. His his Krypton didn't exist, and he gets super upset because Lois doesn't exist. Right. And there right. was a really cool moment earlier, and I was going to comment on it, but we got sidetracked, before they went and fought the Monitor this last time, where he's having a discussion with Lois, and Alexander Luther, Luthor, is watching. And I thought that was weird. It pays off later. Uh, okay, that's not what I thought you were going to talk about. Uh, what were you going to talk about? I thought you were going to talk about where he was like, I don't belong here, I need to go oh. home. And where he freaks out. And Yeah, and they, they go to go to the other universe to travel there, and there's nothing. It's a big, it's big void. Black void. And he freaks out um, because, yeah, that means Lois doesn't exist. He's not supposed to exist. He tries to jump into the void, and so, they... So, Golden Age, uh, Golden Age Superman has gone uh, cat dancing. <laughs> he is he totally has, yeah. very emotional, and he says, uh, the part, it made me laugh. But it's so extreme because, yeah, they take the cosmic treadmill to try to go to another universe because they look around and everything's like there's no warp zones or nothing like that. It's darkness, as you said. And he tries to go into the darkness. And he says, I belong in the darkness. And I was like, holy crap, he's gone full emo. <laughs> yeah. 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 We here. start with a pariah and we end with Earth 2 Superman. From this point on, he's a rage of emotion. Oh, yeah. He goes from being, like, depressed to just raging all the way up to the end. Yeah. And it was kind of fun. Uh-huh. I like I liked raging out Superman there. Mm-hmm. H- Helena had some issues, too, because she's like, my dad doesn't exist, so I should never have 
It just oh, did. Yeah. And... The Huntress or. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because her dad is Earth 2 Batman. Uh-huh. Right. Or Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Same difference. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good moment. Uh-huh. And there was an issue with Wonder Woman, too. There were too many Wonder Women and her, she went to go see her mom and she's like, you're not my mom. She's like, you're not my kid. What's going on? Yeah. And there's that great moment where Superman goes to work and uh, he's in the editor's office and Harry comes in and he's like, you're not. What are you doing in my office? And and then Superman's like, Uncle Clark that I'm named after. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're so smart. <laughs> Let's put some glasses on. They'll never notice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right, though. I didn't know much about the, the like, he, Golden Age Superman, Clark Kent was, became the editor of the newspaper and all that. Yeah. That was interesting. I didn't know all that business. Mm-hmm. Well, I did, you know, like, I, I grew up on, uh, you know, faster than a speeding bullet leaps tall buildings in a single bound i didn't realize that was actually his power like he actually just leaps things really far he doesn't necessarily fly really yeah oh and that, i think this was the first time that i like realized that there was a difference and that the superman i grew up with was very different from the original superman mm-hmm. okay so the next note i have is the darkness is alive so that must be at which point the anti-monitor's back Mm-hmm. You can't keep this guy down. No. And the skies go black. Mm-hmm. And we got some cool, like, several pages of cool, like, everything's, oh, what's going on? Everything's crazy. It's dark and blah, blah, blah. And then it turns, it's a very much like, then we'll fight in the shade type thing, where it turns out the sky hasn't gone black. It's just all those shadow creatures mm-hmm. have blacked out the sky. And he does that thing that they, they did it in the other, in the little other, you know, big event book that we read, where he, like, appears in the sky and everyone sees him talking or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the darkness is alive. Yeah. I like that caption. How does uh, how does Darkseid fold into all this? Okay, so uh, yeah, and we're coming up to that because we're com- okay, we're coming okay. up to the final battle, right? Yes. So I have a note about that. In fact, that's my next note. So yeah, my note is you know it's bad when you've got to go to Darkseid for help and you're hanging out with Brainiac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't remember which group it is because they throw the tomorrow people in there and the, uh, you know, the whoever else. And there's all kinds of different little teams that are out in space. Mm-hmm. They get wrangled up with Brainiac because they come across Brainiac's ship after everything's basically rebooted or reset. Yeah. And Brainiac doesn't know what was going on, but at first he's kind of in stasis, but then he wakes up. Uh-huh. And I love how accepting he is too because. He did not go to the beginning of time, so he has no memory of all this stuff happening. And he's like, uh, explain to me. And it doesn't even t- show them explaining, but just like the next page, he's like, okay, I understand now. Well, at one point he even says, I, I want to say it's this moment. Maybe this was earlier. He's like, you know, your your heartbeat's normal. Your skin temperature's this, this, is this. You're telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah, and he just accepts it. And Brainiac is basically like, uh, well, the only the only option we have right now is to go to Darkseid. Mm-hmm. Who has, by the way... Uh, from uh, earlier on this whole time just been hiding he's like i'll just sit back and let things play out and we'll deal with it when we have to yeah he's been using his power to cloak apocalypse or uh, is it apocalypse I think so. yeah. yeah 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 um so he's just been hiding out the whole time because mm-hmm. he's dark side he can't be bothered yeah he's just like yeah, yeah i don't want to be involved this will be i'll just rule it when it's over yeah yeah and so yeah it's, it's a it's a bad scene when you gotta when you're like yeah, I guess we'll go to Darkseid and ask him for help. Mm. <laughs> You're like, hey, where's what, what's that Darkseid been doing? Yeah, go see what he's up to. And while he's while they're talking to Darkseid, 
the magicians people all or the magical people and uh green lantern because apparently he's magical not uh scientific which i didn't know but uh earth two, yeah is that's earth two green lantern yeah i was curious yeah. about that too i was not familiar with him yeah so yeah, they, alan scott has magical green lantern powers okay. okay well they all get together and they kind of uh make a circle and use the specter's body because he's unconscious still mm-hmm. and uh make this big awesome like tornado looking thing that attacks all the um they take care of the shadowy creature sh- things. Yeah, the yeah shadow guys yeah um well, and while they're doing that somebody i don't the the superman and a couple other people go back to fight dark side again or not not dark side uh, the anti-monitor mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's at this point dark side starts helping either he helps either right it's before, pretty much after it's like right on the tail end where it's like the final like they think they beat him. Uh-huh. Does he take okay? So Alexander takes. Does he take a bunch of heroes back to, or is it just like Superman and a couple other dudes? Yeah, it's a small group again. Like when they went to, and I think Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle's through this whole thing. Uh, on and <laughs> yeah, off, yeah. yeah for like, some reason, in moments where I'm like, does he really like? He didn't seem like he would have been pow- that powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, writer favorite maybe or yeah, reader maybe. favorite favorite. Yeah. Um, but then um. Uh, they they beat him up. They they beat up the anti monitor, and so again he needs to draw power to replenish himself. So he sucks in all his uh shadow people, but he little does he know that they thought he was going to do that. So they poison them with magical stuff that is not good for him. Yeah, the magic yeah. group. And then uh and then he's weakened and and they beat him up some more and then uh, and at this you know. We've still got, we've got raged out Golden Age Superman. Yeah. Who even gives a speech about how he would never take a life, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm going to have to pull up General Zod on this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So they think they've got it pretty much beat. Alexander Luther's like, I, I, you know, I can't hold this thing open. Get the heroes out of here. And mind you, this is something we've glossed over because the book kind of glosses over. It moves at such a pace where just. Stuff happens. Stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, various uh, heroes. I mean, they're definitely not big villains or big heroes because they're not. You know, they're not A-listers because they're not. Their deaths aren't treated as such. But they've been killing off a lot of heroes. Yeah. Throughout yeah. this whole thing. Yeah. Um, and during the escape, so people are trying to get out of the anti-universe because, or the anti-matter universe because uh, Alexander's like, you know, I can't hold this open. You guys got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. A couple of them get taken out on the way out. Yeah. Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder Woman. That turns out really strange, too. Uh, but Golden Age Superman's like, no, we got to finish this. I'm going to stay here. There's uh-huh. nothing for me there anyway. I don't exist. Yeah. Uh, Superboy from uh-huh. somewhere. Oh, Superboy Prime. Superboy yeah. Prime. Which th- there was like, there's a Prime? But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, Prime is like our world, and it's really bizarre that uh, Superboy has powers in that world. It's it, The Prime is like, and that's. It's very. That's like the only time Earth Prime is mentioned throughout the thing, isn't it? Yeah, when he shows up. When he up, shows uh, up. Yeah. yeah, strange. And he stays back. And then Alexander is like, "Well, it's got to be." They're like, "Go, go, go, get out of here!" And he's like, "It's got to be sealed on this side." So well, and and to kind of placate Ragey Earth Two Superman, doesn't he like pull in Earth Two uh, Lois somehow? Well, it's it's yeah. We get to that. that. Well, yeah. We. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that's coming because so basically they're sealed in there now mm-hmm. and he can't travel back for whatever reason. But that anti-monitor, he just 
his body's gone, but he's just not staying down. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Darkseed, Darkseed, Darkseid is watching all this through Alexander's eyes. Because mm-hmm. he just has the technology and the power. He so can do this. He just does this. He's like the bionic man. Yeah, yeah, he can do this. Um, so he's watching this go down. Um, Superman's like, ah, no more. And he's like putting the final final touches on on anti-monitor and dark side does something he he probably does that zigzag shooty thing that he well does. he does he has alexander shoot some type of energy out of his eyes at him yeah and they finally kill him yeah for all intents and purposes yeah well he was he didn't even have a body at this point he was just a ball of energy yeah i don't yeah they, i don't know how superman was punching him but he did yeah they kill him he's done he's dead. finally and reading through this at this point like I was enjoying these crazy battles, but I was like, this is insane that he just keeps coming back. Yeah. No it really is that. like the fourth or fifth time. Mm-hmm. He's like Michael Myers. Yeah. yeah. On a cosmic scale. Yeah, exactly. He sits crazy. up and you hear the dun 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 dun. <laughs> uh, it's pretty bizarre. Yeah. Um, but the next party is even more bizarre. Okay. Yeah. This is the best part because <laughs> Alexander says, and I wish I'd have wrote it down. I didn't write it down exactly, but. Yeah, I don't know. Golden Age Superman's feeling emo and about Lois, and and then Alexander's like, "Well, uh, we can't go back to that universe." But and then you hear, then Superman hears Lois's voice, and Alexander's made like a portal. His turn, he kind of turns himself into a portal, and Lois walks out, and he doesn't give a lot of details on where he's taking it, but yeah, you just need to come into me. Yeah, there's some very interesting <laughs> languages big, about. A big Alexander Luther hug. Yeah, yeah. he'll take them in. Come into him. Yeah, he goes into him too. They all go into him. Yeah, into this happy place inside of him where Lois has been staying for a while, apparently. Yeah, just in case Superman needed her. I don't know. Yeah, they don't specify what it is. He basically said, "I knew that this would happen, and I so I I just was hanging on to her for a while." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had your wife inside of me. Yeah, it's really like it really is one of those like weird like oh okay this is strange yeah so he basically basically Alexander Luther is he exists to clear up any dangling plot threads yeah also by the way they he in the beginning the anti monitor is like oh a child I'm surprised he you know I might be able to use him he, none of the plan would have worked without him he opened the everywhere they went he opened a portal to every single place they went yeah and uh and then yeah. They all got to live inside him at the end. Oh, and it turns out Pariah's whole like being immortal and going from place to place was the other mo- was positive monitors doing. Yeah, yeah, like everything was his weird uh, plan A, plan B, plan C. Mm-hmm. And in the end, basically, most of the characters that shouldn't exist if they were still around after the whole creation battle uh, died. Yeah, for the most yeah. part. What was the thing with Wonder Woman? She like turned into clay. Or something, and then fell back yeah, to Earth. Transformed back into like preconception, mm-hmm. which she reverted back in time. Which doesn't actually work with current continuity because she. Well, they changed it in New Fifty Two. Oh, okay. She's not. I don't. She wasn't made from clay, right? In no. New Fifty Two. Yeah, they changed that. It's New Fifty Two. New mom's, origin type thing. Her mom got Adam's juice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple things that were interesting. While you know, just after everything finally like coalesced into one world. Mm-hmm. There was some very, it felt like very meta comments and commentary on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. 
just like you know what are we i'm like you know what are, i i shouldn't be here or if, if we're if it's a if everything's simplified and blah 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 i shouldn't be here and harbinger had some interesting comments basically that felt like a combination of the reader's response to to what fan, uh, i mean the writer's response to what fans are probably thinking it's just like yeah we know this doesn't make sense but uh in order to clean things up this is just how it is yeah just very much like just mm -hmm. just this is how it is just and then the end was one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Because it's just cool. And also, this is one of those moments where I'm like, oh, that makes sense from another thing we had read, where they have the psycho pirate in the, in the mental hospital at mm -hmm. the end. Oh, in Arkham, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I very much appreciated that part. It was great. Psycho pirate popped up in the most recent Batman issue. And I was like, yeah. what are the chances? Because I don't recall seeing him. I probably have, but I don't recall really seeing him in other stuff. Well, what was the one that I was thinking of where we saw... Wasn't that him that we saw in the mental... In, in Arkham, and he was old? I was wondering about that. Okay. Was J that not him? Jesse, in DC Universe Rebirth? Uh-huh. Who's the guy in the... Um, the old guy in the mental asylum? Oh, that is... Um, light, not Lightning Lad. Oh, that's... It's uh, the JSA guy. Oh, uh, my bad. Okay, okay. That's who I thought it was. No, yeah, I got Johnny, you. Not Johnny Quick, but you know what I mean. He, he summons the lightning. Yeah, the thunder. No, I, I don't know. Something. Yeah, something like that, like Johnny Thunder or something. I don't know. It's eluding me now. Well, they should have made it Psycho Pirate. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, that would have been fun. Uh, well, and clearly they're tying him into Rebirth, I guess. Yeah. Um, makes sense, but also makes me go, "Ooh, careful." <laughs> man, that was that was a lot rougher to get through than I expected. Yeah. Well, and we went in way more in depth than we maybe needed to. I mean, if you did a basic synopsis of this thing it's like basically they're trying to merge the multiverse without dying we should have yeah. maybe left it with that that's okay though because this is informative well yeah and the you got you, you got to kind of go through it to work out in your head where the moments are that you want to talk about yeah that's why i like doing a breakdown like of stories but something like this there's so many characters, there's so many side stories. It's, yeah, it's yeah. really hard to. It's really hard to approach it and, and even remember where it fits. Because I'm like, hey, is this where this happened? Yeah, is this well, where this happened? That's one of the problems with having 14 endings, dang it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's, I mean, even if the events play out different and the set, setup's different, it, the general ebb and flow of mm -hmm. the big battles was so repetitive, it was hard to place what happened in between which ebb. Yeah. Yeah. So I like so we, the, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say so we basically end up with a earth that kind of incorporated a majority of earth 2 with the exception of Superman. Yeah. So they kind of took golden age and bronze age or whatever you'd call it and kind of mashed it up so that you know like they they can still acknowledge everything that happened in the golden age but not be uh slaved to it because now it's like a new version of it. In the version I read, I'm not sure because it's been the trade's been released a couple times. I'm not sure which which like which I don't know if it was a 2000 or 2010 version I bought or whatever. Right, right. Um, that we read, but the afterward uh, was kind of interesting, and uh, it was one of the um, say I don't know like editors or something. And I I like the comment about basically like did we take the full advantage of where this set us up for? And they're like, well, yes and no. In some respects, sure. Sure, in hindsight, you know. The art, I like the art. The art was pretty yeah. good. I mean, it's like classic comic book, classic that yeah. 80s comic book style art, but it looked good. 
Um, the print we had looked fantastic. The colors popped. I love the Kirby crackle everywhere. Oh, uh, yeah. that, that space power energy with the black blobby man, that stuff is awesome. Some of the I sp- cannot imagine being the penciler on this because all of those splash pages with like, I don't know how many characters on it. Uh-huh. I don't know how long that took. And you see them all. <laughs> like, it's not yeah. like, cause sometimes you'll see like, there's the tricks to get around doing like large crowds where they don't have faces or it's just kind of blends yeah you see them all and there's and they're all like in a pose you know Mm -hmm. like they're all doing something and even if it's not a splash page there's a lot of panels generally and the battles like it's almost constantly some battle going on regardless who they're fighting there's a battle going on and it's just tons of heroes everywhere and you see them you see all of them yeah it's it's crazy it's a huge huge project yeah uh, I like the panel layouts. There were a lot of, I mean, sometimes I liked it and sometimes I didn't, not because it wasn't done well, just because like, like uh, I don't know, but there are a lot of cool symmetrical pa- panel layouts, a lot mm-hmm. of symmetrical panel layouts, a mm-hmm. lot more than you usually see. And I thought that was interesting. And I don't know if that's like just their general style or if that's like, because there's just a lot of like the repeating, you know, infinite earths, uh-huh. the repeating yeah. things. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that going throughout like the panel layouts and the logos and you know what i didn't like stuff like that with panels mm-hmm. and i know you know they have to it's a big thing and they have to do different things but they a couple times they had these ones where there'd be like panels that went downwards that mm-hmm. you know were, went with each other and then one like across the middle somewhere that was its own that went together so you have to break up your where you were reading somehow or you know to, to read it all in order uh, my number one complaint well Actually, after we went through this, maybe some of the like a little bit of the convoluted story is not I'm not fond of. But my number one complaint, at least of the book visually, is it doesn't lead your eye very well at times. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's great, but the word balloons I would hit in random order sometimes and be like, wait, it doesn't lead your it doesn't go where you naturally think your eye should go. Mm -hmm. Like so much text. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe that's part of it is it's like it is very it's very dialogue and narration and thought balloon heavy, mm-hmm. but it doesn't it just didn't seem like it led your eye as well as some comics did. Like, I mean, I just read, um, of course, that's I guess it's a little bit different, but like last month or whatever, I read Watchmen, which is very dialogue heavy, a lot of panels. And I don't mm-hmm. recall having that issue in this. It just like, I don't know, even Swamp Thing handled that better. And this is, you know, we're talking. So we're talking about the same time period where. And where a lot of the times the panels are looser, where it's like all over the page, but it still led your eye in the proper order of dialogue and stuff. And that was one of my complaints with this is it didn't. And same with some of the panel layouts is, yeah, you're like, where should my eye go? What panel should I be reading this panel down here? Should I be reading this one that cross goes across it? Yeah. Yeah. You just couldn't without breaking up, breaking it up. I mean, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like it was unreadable. No. But that's definitely like I was kind of surprised by it because it this is obviously like top notch pro pro book, but I did have some trouble with the the panel layouts and where my eye should go from word balloon to word balloon. But it looked great. I liked the I I, I think Melanie made some comment in here while she was reading it. I like the look of the anti monitor, even though at times it's a little funny, a little cheesy. But it it I like and it, it kind of evolves over time uh-huh. too. But it's got like a Saturday morning cartoon cool bad guy, like where it feels kind of cheesy, mm-hmm. but 
Especially, yeah. It's also it's kind of cool, man. Especially after he gets all rounded and uh-huh. bullet like. He gets his, yeah, his round helmet on. But I yeah, I liked it. Final thoughts, and I guess would you recommend this to everyone? To who? You always ask that. Good question. That, well, yeah. Would you okay? <laughs> would you recommend it to a comic book reader? That should yeah, narrow sure. it down. If they like, if they're into DC a lot, yeah, okay. I would. Yeah, yeah, me too. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, if you're just a casual fan of like one or two characters, I would say, nah, just read your books and enjoy them. But mm-hmm. if you want a grand scope of what's going on with the universe and, and where the universe has been, because this this is and isn't relevant to what's happening in the comics now. Mm-hmm. But if you're interested, you know, it's a great story. And it's probably one of the first times where we see a company try to clean up continuity. And for the most part, I think it was successful. Mm-hmm. as successful as something like this can be i think this is why we still see it happen is that crisis for all intents and purposes did what it was supposed to do even if it was kind of stumbly and clunky at times yeah yeah i agree i would recommend it and i i enjoyed it it's not something where you can get emotionally involved with a lot i mean because the emotional oh, yeah, even, con- even when the characters die like you don't have time. Exactly. Yeah. We, we've got to move on. You know, like the Flash dies. I don't know. I don't know if we put too fine a point on that, but like Barry Allen's gone in this, mm-hmm. and Wally by the end of it has to decide if he's going to take on Barry Allen's mantle. And uh, Supergirl's dead. Kara is gone. Uh-huh. So. Oh, and we get a little bit of emo Superman from Earth One Superman after the Supergirl thing too. Yeah, yeah. Like it affects him, but I think, and you know, that's kind of you know, the purpose of something like this, or not necessarily the purpose, but as a reader at that time who reads Supergirl or reads The Flash, it would have that impact because they just killed off your character. Yeah. But coming at it from our point of view, where, you know, I mean, these characters, some of them, even though Barry Allen's around and Supergirl's around, they still just seem like different characters. We know they come back at some point in some form, so it might not have that impact. And yeah, it just happens so quick. Everything just, and it moves forward. But it's just, it's a big, huge, crazy battle. There's some nice artwork and some cool ideas. But mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know, it's 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 hefty. Yeah, it is. But I enjoyed it. Did you, Melanie, did you enjoy it? I enjoyed m- moments of it, yes. Okay. I was real curious as to how, like, it struck you. In the beginning, I was not happy about it. At the end, I was not necessarily happy with how they went about it. But there were good things in it that I enjoyed. But yeah, it, it could have been like 100 pages shorter and it still would have been fine. It was Crisis on Infinite podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> those, drive bl- those drive-by flash psycho, psycho pirating yeah. moments. Uh, thank you, Melanie. I think you broke that down pretty well. It was, that, that was tough. Yeah. Well, I finished it like a, an, hour and a, an hour and a half maybe before we started. So Yeah. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you read it all. All that. Like that's nuts. I I had been on a <clears throat> hundred and what hundred and twelve twenty something like that. Sure. When uh when I started today, and that before that I had read one day for a couple hours, and then like a, a little bit at work, which I couldn't really do because like I said I'm always phone calls and people and whatever. It took you hours and hours though. Well, yeah. Like you spent. I on... had to keep taking breaks though because if if oh, this yeah. uh. If this was a two-segment month, I don't know that we could have done this. <laughs> no, Not I know. Not if it was something I, I hadn't read. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know, maybe 
Maybe we won't get Grant Morrison's Invisibles next month. We'll see what happens. <laughs> right, right. How big is the what we have to read? Uh, it's. I don't have a. I don't have a print copy of uh, Crisis here, but this is bigger than what I remember it because I borrowed somebody's Crisis uh-huh. when I read it the first time, and uh, yeah, this is thicker. It's thicker than Watchmen. Now, granted, some of some of this print copy I have is like uh, appendi- appendices and extra stuff. But I, I checked that and I was like, oh, how much of this is appendices? And it's still thicker than Watchmen. Granted, it's more, I think there's more artwork and less dialogue than this. Yeah, well, and that's another thing. There's, I mean, this is from that time period. Comics were a lot wordier. Yeah. And that's another thing with the story. Like, if you had a 12-issue miniseries now, we could blow through everything that happened in Oh, yeah, most of it happens minutes in six easy. issues, too, you know? like. Yeah. The the mega event now is typically six to nine issues, not twelve. Yeah, and it's nothing like this. It's it. Well, they talk about what is it? Decompressed storytelling or whatever, where it's just not as much happens in a comic book. Mid eighties, it's still like you're getting some story. You're getting some bang for that ninety five cents or dollar twenty five or whatever you paid for that comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot happens in each issue, and e- each issue is heftier than they are now oh yeah flipping through i'm i'm i have a dc the new frontier in front of me now and i'm flipping through and there's a lot less text per panel in this than what we just read a lot less also i wanted to to mention i think that more recent comic books got better at the you know a picture tells a thousand words thing yeah so they don't need as much dialogue because they can convey more with the, the, the illustration I had that thought too because reading while reading through this, and I was just like, "Well, this is how comics are were at the time; they're mm-hmm. just wordier." Yeah, there's a lot of dialogue and even thought balloons that you could cut, and yeah. you wouldn't lose anything. No, because like you know what's going on, you know what they're probably thinking, and if you didn't want to cut all the thought balloons, that's fine. But there is a lot of redundant dialogue. Oh yeah, a lot, and it's like just because you're jumping to a new character and this new character, maybe. You feel you need to specify that this new character knows the same thing that the character on the last page just told you. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of redundant dialogue that could be. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, and I mean, I, I know if you were going issue to issue and you had missed one, it might be confusing, but a lot of the basically telling everything that had already happened. Yeah. That's not, yeah, that's not completely surprising because it, given it was released as a, as a series, like a 12 issue series. Yeah, but if you don't know what's going on by that point, then you need to go back and catch up. And the well, see, but the and also the whole purpose of this is to tidy up their. I mean, this seems to always be the purpose when they when they do something like this an event, tidy up their universe so it's more new reader friendly. Yeah. So they've got to make ooh the cat. cat, Yeah, the cat laid a nasty one in the other. Oh god. (laughs) Ooh. Can you grab? Can you reach the spray? I can't. Pass out. <laughs> hold on. Oh my God, Jesus! Hold on. Sorry. It's like down the hall in a, in the. Oh, jeez. Spider <laughs> spider buggy exhaust. Oh yeah, the spider buggy exhaust is bad. Ooh. We should hit that last segment because Jesse has a hard out. We need to be done. Preferably oh yeah, before eight. Be. Okay. Yeah. What else do we have to talk about? Newsletter thing or uh, the, the letter page. Yeah. Okay. If you want to send us an email or uh, record a little like a two minute or under audio clip 
some thoughts or a question, or even call this phone number and leave a voice message. We will play it, read it, look at it on the show. Mm-hmm. React at it. So if you want to leave us a voice message v- via phone number, uh, it's 559-426-6427, or if this helps you remember, 559-4-COMICS. Type mm-hmm. that into your telephono, and you can call us and leave a voice message. And now you'll hear my voice instead of just the regular automated leave a message. I recorded a custom message for you. See, that's how okay. much we care. Yep. And- <laughs> otherwise, cares. otherwise, as always, you can send us an email at letters, that's L-E-T-T-E-R-S, like letters page, letters at grolicspodcast.com. This is Brandon from the Technology Geek Podcast, calling to be your first Google voice message on the Grolix Podcast. Thank you very much. Great show, guys. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah, thanks for, you know, being our first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I- Ooh. He was our first. Yeah. He he, wanted, he's he, going to get more thrill out of that than he probably should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's our letters page. Da, da, da. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so we hope in the future other people like comment on the book we're reading or the book we just read or um, ask us some questions or something. That'd be or awesome. even call us out, man. Like if we totally biffed something on, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which we probably did at some point. Uh, you know, feel free to correct us. No yes. way. Oh, we oh, I mean, it. we're right. I mean, we're right. No, you're sorry. No, you're absolutely right, Jesse. Uh, <laughs> Call in and tell us how right we were. I know. No, we <laughs> we're, we're all up for corrections, especially something like, I mean, help us out. Don't let us sound like idiots. If we said something wrong, point us in the right direction. <laughs> I mean, we've already sounded like idiots. At least we can admit it. Right, right. I admit it. <laughs> you admit that we <laughs> sounded like idiots? And we have, I'm sure, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to hear if you want to hear real gold, you need to go back to the pre-show. Yeah. Yeah. This this whole episode in fact, <laughs> this I whole just, episode huh. is a commercial for the Patreon pre-show. I think I might switch the episodes around. This is the pre-show, the real episode. <laughs> that was the pre-show. That's where we talk about ice cream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yummy, delicious, wonderful ice cream. Yeah. This has been a yeah, this has been an unusual episode. I'm not sure what to make of it. So so <laughs> that that message, that very nice message from Brandon. Behind the scenes took us way longer to play than it should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But next time I'll have I'll have that whole thing uh, ironed out so we can play all kinds of more messages. Remember, send in that voicemail. And letters. And letters. At letters. And pictures and smoke signals. Communicate with us in some way, please. Yep. Also that phone number, that Google line number, I think it's a California number. So if you yeah. have if you have long distance things uh, long if you pay for long distance or you're international keep that in mind we're not responsible for charges no it's yeah. not not toll free unfortunately that's not a thing yeah. that seems to exist much anymore uh-uh. I'm I'm sure it does but we can't afford it yeah but if you have a cell phone hopefully you have no long distance and can just yeah, call anyway national coverage hopefully. Mm-hmm. And hey, it's pretty easy to record some audio onto a onto a computer file of some kind. You can just email that to us. Yeah. Or even bust out your 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 cell phone and make a little video or something. Obviously, we can't play the video on the podcast, but we can play the audio. We can play. Yeah. We can play the video. We on... can look at the video. Yeah. yeah. We'll see it. 
We'll react at it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, we will. You, you won't be able to see it, <laughs> but we'll do it. Yeah. I feel like we've been through six or seven massive battles with a ultra-powered cosmic entity. I feel like... He just keeps sitting up and his theme song keeps playing. <laughs> so, okay, speaking of... I. To, I, I know we, I I gotta wrap it up soon, but you did you see the uh, the San Diego Comic Con trailer for Wonder Woman? I did. And I know <laughs> I know I, you did, but I knew that's what you were gonna ask. Yeah, yeah, and I kind of chuckled a little bit when the the Wonder Woman logo popped up and it did the music. Yeah, it was like oh, so yeah, it totally was her theme, and her theme was more fun than anybody else's. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you know. Her trailer didn't seem like her trailer. Like it only even showed her a little bit. Oh, showed her. A bunch. It seemed like a it seemed like a trailer for uh, Captain America: The First Avenger. You mean a little bit? Yeah, yeah. a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. No, it showed her a bunch. There was you were eating while we watched that trailer. Okay. You, we were eating eating dinner, but there were a lot of there were a lot of like super slow mo. She's doing action stuff. I liked it. I liked it. It you know it looks. Oh, Okay, you know, yeah, a little bit of Captain America e, but it it looks like an interesting setting for a superhero type thing, mm-hmm. um, which lots of people probably said when the first Captain America came out. I don't know, uh, but it looked okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I liked it. Even the the uh, humorous bits didn't seem horrible. Yeah, and in Wonder Woman, actually, the humor, at least the trailer, the humor doesn't seem as necessary. Mm-hmm. Going into Justice League. After Batman v Superman, it was pretty much like, I mean, I don't need like a comedy, but everybody's opinion is pretty much like the general consensus, I should say, is this needs to have some fun. Yeah. But watching Wonder Woman trailer, I was thinking, you know, this movie doesn't need fun exactly. It just needs like adventure Mm -hmm. or something like it looks, it's got a, you know, it's interesting. It just shouldn't feel like an apocalyptic uh, wasteland. Yeah, Yeah. It shouldn't feel like everybody's cat dancing and. Being Moby and yeah, for sure. Playing Moby. So what'd you what'd you what'd you guys <laughs> Moby. playing Moby? Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think of the Justice League trailer? Uh already a better movie than Batman v Superman. That's pretty much been my consensus online. Uh-huh. I agree. I love the flash moment. The the Bruce yeah. Wayne flash moment. Yeah. That was yeah. with the bat the battering. That was pretty great. Yeah. The look for the look. Barry Allen's look when he like he gives Bruce Wayne this look like you're Batman and you still you know threw a battering at me but then his reaction to his reply being mm-hmm. asked to join the team was pretty great yeah it was yeah yeah not my vision of Barry Allen but still fun uh-huh. yeah what else the Luke Cage teaser I guess oh, yeah I think it. all you know really all of the trailers have been pretty awesome but that's kind of a trailer's job. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. Well, who was that pearly haired blonde guy that did kung fu? That Iron Fist. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. I thought that needed that could use a little more. Yeah, that trailer didn't do a lot for me. The Iron Fist trailer, right. I think it was okay, but it, it was re- really it. Uh, it had me at the end. I was like, "Is that Shang Chi?" You know, like I was trying to figure out who's that voice that uh, Danny Rand or something. But I don't even remember what they said. But basically, it was like an Asian voice, and I'm like, "Is that going to be Shang Chi?" Well, see, and coming from like no knowledge of the other stuff, the Iron Fist trailer or teaser didn't have any like pre-existing characters from the other series for me to grab onto. Right. 
And then Luke Cage, we you know Luke Cage pretty well, but if you've watched Jessica Jones. So you know him intimately. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, bit. <laughs> very, very. And I even I even told Melanie that. I was like, you know, that trailer is okay. It didn't do much for me because I don't know the character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you Luke Cage, you throw Wu Tang on there. That's what you know what, Iron Fist? The Wu Tang. Yeah, you would you, <laughs> yeah. you would have loved it then. I mean, it's Iron <laughs> Fist. It needs Wu Tang. Yeah, it does. Really. Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> they all need Wu Tang, all right. Yeah. Daredevil, yeah. better have some Wu Tang. Jessica Jones, <laughs> I want Wu Tang. Defenders. Yeah. Oh yeah, there the, was Nirvana. A, that was weird. That was actually that was actually a pretty good teaser considering they showed us zero. <laughs> they showed us tearing up the old logos or whatever. And then a uh, little little Nirvana and stick. And yet I still was like, ooh, yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, I didn't play that one for you because there was like no actual footage. No. But for the Defenders, uh, the Defenders of what? Will be a miniseries? Or is it just going to be like I a assume. feature? Oh, I don't know. I thought it was going to be a miniseries. I thought so too. I hope so. It's the Netflix. I think adventure. that would give it more. Uh, I, feel, I feel like that's the way these characters work best, you know? I yeah. suppose they could do a feature, but I don't think that they'd get the screen time they need, especially for characters like uh, like Jessica Jones, who's a little more cerebral. She's she's the private eye of the group. Mm-hmm. She's going to be the Batman. She's going to be the thinker. She's the thinker. I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> I, I, I know, <laughs> right, right. Well, when she's not drinking, she's thinking. Yeah, yeah drinking or being irrationally afraid, or or yeah. maybe rationally afraid. Mm-hmm. She was tormented in that first season, okay? <laughs> she, yeah. She's the detective of the group. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I guess between I guess it's between her and Daredevil, but really it's those two. Listen, she's tough, but for being that tough, she got messed up a lot in her first season. Yeah. But she yeah. ripped off a lot of locks, I'll tell you that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some doors. She broke a lot of doors. Oh yeah. <laughs> Luke Cage is the real muscle. Well oh, yeah. but he's more in I me mean, strong too but he's like invulnerable that's a big difference if if yeah, you yeah. punch somebody and you can kill them sure but if they punch you they can kill you too if you, they can't kill you when they punch you then that's a whole different ball game yeah. she shot him in the, in the head with a shotgun yeah that was awesome mm-hmm. i suddenly just remembered that and i want to rewatch it but i kind of don't you know yeah stranger things did you have you checked that out at I all? I haven't yet. I need to. It's great. I love it. Oh man, yeah. We finished. We finished the last episode of season one yesterday, mm-hmm. last night. Our timing is the worst because now we are like jumping on to Supernatural. <laughs> There's like eleven seasons of that, and yes, we're on season is. two. And I'm like, we really need to see Stranger Things. And uh, I don't, you know, like we haven't even started it yet. Dump that supernatural. <laughs> yeah, watch the chick flick. You, you can watch chick flick later. Come on. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. No. Uh, no, I hear you. I mean, you you, you watch. It's when, you, yeah, when you mean. when you get into a series. No. Yeah. Like, oh, we need to see this series through. Never mind. There's 11 years of it. <laughs> you know what I do? I say, "Have fun, Randy," and I go in the other room and do something else. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. <laughs> That's usually what it is. I mean, no, occasionally I do my own without you, but most of the time it's you're watching something that I don't watch. I think I, the only thing I can think of that I've done, at least recently, is Fringe. I can't. I don't have enough that I'm not watching with you right now. I need a, I need a series that you're not watching. Yeah, you do. So I can watch it. I, I started watching. Okay, before we jump off of Stranger Things totally, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. It's uh-huh. awesome. It takes place in 1983. can't remember. Uh-huh. It said at the very beginning in the first episode. 
Um, so it's placed in the 80s. It's got very 80s music. 80s hairs. 80s, you know, it's authentic type 80s. Yeah. But what really sells the 80s without, and maybe it seems cheesy to some people, and not that there's not cheesy moments in it, but it doesn't feel like, you know, 80s throwback cheese. But it, because it, it takes, I don't know, it just nails certain things. It's got poltergeist type feel in it. Mm-hmm. It's got, oh, yeah. it's got, I mean, the first episode, you come into it with uh, these kids playing D&D and riding bikes around. I don't know. It just feels like the Amblin films. Like, have giant, huge um, walkie talkies, like bigger yeah. than our heads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to get into it too much, I guess. But yeah, it's really good. The concept like what's happening is kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. It all it, it works, but it still feels like one of those like eighties ideas. Yeah. Bad guy, total eighties bad guy. Yeah, they oh, yeah, eighties bad guy hair. He looks, he's great. Yeah, yeah, and it's good, but it's modern still. You know, it yeah. feels modern. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have like film grain overlay, and it's not. Oh over, yeah, it's not yeah. overdone, but it's it'll take you back. Yeah. Right. It's even got with normal writer in it. Oh my goodness. It does have so it's the right, writer in it. It's the right kind of uh, period piece is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm very curious about um, what ongoing, on, oncoming seasons, if they're... Where they'll go with it. Yeah. Yeah, period piece is right because, I mean, it's definitely got homage to it, but it's it does feel more like period piece in terms of, like, they nailed the look of the, of the time frame, the music, mm-hmm. but also, like, kind of the story beats. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ah. Oh, and you, you know, I kind of hope they stay in the 80s. They can go, I mean... I don't want them to jump into a different decade. No, I don't want them to either. And... I don't think they will. Uh, uh, it's Anybody who does horror from now on should should just just do the 80s or, or earlier because everything works so much better without technology when you're doing horror. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. You take the cell phones and everybody having cameras out. Uh-huh. It, well, even, even like, uh, even E.T. is creepy back then i mean like it's like yeah. oh my what what's going on in the shed and how 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 is he going to find out without getting hurt uh-huh i just realized they used they you the kids have walkie talkies they almost they kind of use those as cell phone stand-ins uh, oh yeah because oh. people have phones but like i mean they can't use the walkie talkie to call for help but if one if one of the kids needs to talk to one of the other kids all of us real quick they do it on a walkie talkie yeah but it works Oh, no, I know. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying, like, it's kind of an interesting stand-in for being able to just instantly talk to another character who's mm-hmm. not in the same place. But they also use it for creepy moments, too. Yeah. And, you know, in that respect, walkie-talkies are better than phones because I have you ever known somebody who has a phone that they can walkie-talkie with? Uh-huh. It's so much faster and easier. Well, it's because, yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's very limited. You're talking to everybody who's on that within a certain range. They're into CB radio too, so yeah, oh yeah, ham radio stuff or yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, you should check it out. Yeah, check it out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I plan on it. Also, I watched an episode of Zato Ichi, uh, the Japanese like TV series starring the same guy who plays Zato Ichi in all the movies, and it and it, I liked it. Oh yeah, nobody else cares, but Zato Ichi, the blind blind uh, masseuse guy, Herbert. Oh. The guy is a pervert when he plays Hanzo the Razor. Do not watch those movies if you are don't want to watch perverted things. I'm not a fan of Hanzo the Razor. I did not enjoy that movie. That was one of mine. One of my one of my list of things that I have to watch someday. Well, you should have watched it. Well, I should have. All right, we need to wrap this up. I'm Let's sorry. Go. That's totally my fault. <laughs> no, that's okay. All right. 
This is Randy. Let's show this prehistoric Grolix how we do things downtown. This is Melanie. And anyone who spends a significant amount of time with me finds me Grolixable. And this is Jesse. It's a class four free floating Grolix, a real nasty one, too. Thank you for listening to the Grolix Podcast. The Grolix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vorpal Arrow Studios. For more Grolix Podcasts, check out GrolixPodcast.com. Also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, ElectronicMediaCollective.com, Facebook.com slash Grolix Podcast, Twitter.com slash Grolix Podcast, all the dot com slash all the Grolix Podcast. was an episode it was it was good job guys we'll always have the pre-show we'll always have the (laughs) pre-show we talked about ice cream